37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Hey, what's up everybody? Sean here, and I wanted to drop in before this episode gets started to let everybody know we're going to start dropping episodes each week on Fridays because our work schedules have changed and we got to get a little more time to uh, record and produce each episode. So right now we're going to have to have them come out on Fridays for a while. And this episode is a roundtable, so please excuse the few times we drop a cell phone on the table making a loud thud. I tried to edit the audio as best I could so we don't blow an eardrum out whenever that happens or whenever we uh, get a little rowdy and talk over each other. So, all right, enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 161, our Septoberween 2020 spooky movie special up here at CD Trade Post. It's been... What, 40 episodes since the last time we came up here? The yeah. first time we came up here. 40? 40. 40. We, the first time we came here and did a show with John and Leslie, it was episode 118. And that was the old store. This October, is the new store. Yeah, it was like wow. October yeah. 15th, I think. Wow. Wild. Yeah, yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it's our tradition. We, do, we should do it more often. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's our third time of doing this with you guys, because last time Brady was here when we yes. talked about just random movie facts, too, so... Absolutely. But yeah, we're back here at CD Trade Post with our good friends John and Leslie, and of course I've got Steven and Preston with me, and uh, in true fashion, with you guys, we'll just do some more uh, movie facts, some deep dives into horror movies, some stuff that inspired them, uh, and tonight's special focus will be cursed movies, cursed horror Ooh. movies. Spooky. <laughs> so real quick, the um, Starlight Driving in Wichita being a real big success, we got to see uh, Creep Show, which was awesome. Uh-huh. We got to see uh, Day of the or Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead. I unfortunately had to leave uh, the, by the third movie because I had something to, I was supposed to do the next morning. Did you stay for the third movie? I watched about twenty minutes of it, and yeah. then I I watched it's hard. It two it's weeks hard. before that. Yeah, no, my battery wouldn't last. My battery's yeah. good for like uh, maybe yeah, an my hour. Car, if my I'm car lucky. died too. <laughs> my oh. internal battery wouldn't yeah. last. We had to leave after <laughs> Creep Show. Me yeah. too. But, but I've cool, seen them. So. The right. Right. cool thing, and in, in my opinion, it, it blew my freaking mind. But uh. They show somebody paid for a cameo for a cameo video from Tom Savini, yeah, uh, as yeah. as an intro and like he went like above and beyond. He started off in what appeared to be outside his house, yeah, and his garden, garden or whatever. And yeah, then, with the creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. <laughs> right behind him, <laughs> and he like, takes you inside. Yeah, and, then, he, and yeah. then like and then it just like really randomly cuts the video to, to like a real quick edit to him inside his house and. All his makeup memorabilia and costume. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like you can literally watch that video. I hope he posted online. It is. It is. If on... you go to Tom Savini's cameo account, that <laughs> video is online, uh-huh. and one he made before that, which shows more of the room, is on there. Oh, oh that's cool. cool. So he's talking about Starlight Drive-In. I think it might have been a first, first attempt, cut, maybe. Yeah. Okay. The, the second one is ten times better, but oh, wow. the first one shows more of the room, including. Uh-huh. This ah, so it's, it's almost edited. like okay. I mean it's like a, a doorway with all these busts of Universal monsters oh, over the door oh. all around. Like us. I was watching it and it was like so overwhelming and I'm like Sean, did you see the Martian? Like the Martian was in there. The one time Mars I looked attacks. down yeah. at my nachos was when he showed the Mars attacks Martian. Yeah, like, you can you can go on Tom <laughs> Savini's uh, 
cameo, uh, cameo okay, cool. and look yeah. at it. And he said, if anybody, you know, sees him at a con, talk about Remind, doing yeah. this. Yeah. And he even yeah. said he wanted to come next year. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, I, hope, I, I want to believe that was sincere. Me too. He's like, like that has to be a thing. Yeah. Like, that would be that would, that would be, be huge for the festival. It would be perfect because it, it will technically be the official 10th. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, you could do, like, two movies and then have, like, a panel in between or something. I mean, that would be sure. phenomenal. Yep, so yeah, I hope that that is. But yeah, it, um, it was such 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 a good time. Yeah, and, and it's funny too because, like, uh, I had never seen um, Creep Show. Creep Show all the way through. I seen. I, I seen the. Seen yeah. <laughs> the first. I seen the 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 very first Mike. You know, where's my cake? Uh, the yeah. Anthology episode, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I never seen the other ones, and so that was pretty cool. What's funny is you said something about an episode, uh, a show. There was a, another anthology, but there was it was like a, gas station, a truck a station and a gas station, and there's a woman working inside this booth, and it's real dark out, mm-hmm. and there's like on the radio, it's like a killer's loose, whatever, and this guy keeps showing up at this place. I, but I don't know what it's anthology body bags. It is. Is a body, body bag? Body bags. Yeah. yeah, that, that had sense. John Carpenter, right? Yeah. He plays yeah. like the creep, the, the yeah. host. He's working in like a, yeah. a mortuary, and he's prepping yep. all the bodies yep. and stuff. Yeah, that's what. So it was. I love the anthologies, but and then I had never seen, I've never seen uh, Dawn of the Dead. In its entirety, all I remember is the mall scenes, but I don't remember the battle between the humans. Like, I was like, "What?" And like, with Tom Savini being crazy on a bike, like, I I was just—it was so badass. And I wish I could have stayed for the third one, but I mean, I have access to it, so it's easy to watch. Well, and we'll uh, we'll talk more about it when we record Thirteen Nightmares tomorrow. But Mm -hmm. Tom Savini was just supposed to do all the special effects for it, and then they're kind of like, "Hey, we need someone who can ride a motorcycle," and he's like, "Oh, I can do that." We need someone who can jump off the second story of the shopping mall. Well, I can do that. I got so you, he, fam. He, yeah, yeah, he kind of just got put in there because he was the guy who was like, well, I can jump off a balcony, no problem. Yeah. Have you seen Dawn and Day? Really? Yeah. I'll eat bottom yeah. if you want. Yeah. There's actually, a, there's actually a master cut because Dawn of the Dead had three versions. It had like the theatrical director's cut. Then it had like the Italian cut from Argento, right? Am I, am I, Cause like yeah okay okay I was gonna say yeah it's Argento because the music in there like it was cool watching that next to Sean because he knows so much about the movie but like all the the music being done by Goblin and then like Romero wanting to keep some of it kind of whimsical yeah or something, something yeah because like he needed he needed more money for the distribution and then Dario Argento is like oh well dude I can help you out totally if you just let me recut your movie you film I'll recut it into my own movie which technically is what we call zombie over uh, in, you know, the UK. And he's like, also, to help you out with your, um, with the cost, I got a great band. I use them for all my movies. I'll have them do your whole soundtrack. And he's like, oh, wait, no. So you get some of Goblin's movie, uh, music in there, but you don't get all of it. But the music stands out, and it yeah. makes it so good. And then there's a third cut, and then there's also a compilation of all three master cuts put into one large one and a one hundred and fifty five minute brought to you by Zack Snyder. <laughs> wow. It's a hundred and fifty five minute master cut called the Extended Mall Hours Edition. And it's free to watch <laughs> on YouTube. Wow. Yeah, uh, I got I got a copy of the link sent to me. So but it was, on their class. Yeah. They're, they're it was really it was well. a damn damn good time. Yep. Well, that I mean that segues kind of perfectly into the first thing I was going to talk about. We're sitting there watching Dawn of the Dead, and all of a sudden this song comes on, and I freaked out because I was like, Stephen, this is from the Gorillas. Like the Gorillas sampled this song and uh you know we don't have the rights to any of this stuff so i'll play it pretty quick but if you recognize this it's like halfway three quarters of the way through the the movie that's the intro on the gorillas demon day album 
which leads into the next song called Last Living Souls, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because it's Dawn of the Dead leading up to a song about the last people surviving. And so I was freaking out thinking about that, and then it made me think about, I wonder what other pop groups have used horror movie music, and there's a ton of them. But before we move on to those, the Gorillas are really big fans of Romero because they actually use his music in other movies to, or in other songs too. So the self-titled album has a song called M1A1. It features music from Day of the Dead, uh, zombies groaning and the shuffling sound and stuff like that. And then Hip Albatross from their G-Sides album, they use actual full clips of dialogue from Dawn of the Dead, including that whole news anchor uh, saying the normal question, the first question is always, are these cannibals? No, they're not cannibals, and so on and yeah. so forth. They include that, I mean, through the entire that, a song. Lot of the, a lot of the stuff I listen to, I listen to like a lot of hip-hop, which mm-hmm. grills is hip-hop, but uh, hip-hop is like the main thing that samples any kind of yeah. horror movie dialogue or score or anything like that. Like it, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, when you were like, let's talk about these music facts with horror, I'm like, dude, they're, I've been here for hours. Uh, so I, about, I just picked yeah. that one that kind of went to yeah, what we're yeah. talking about tonight, but it's, but it's, it's pretty, anytime I'm listening to a new hip hop thing and they sample something, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. You yeah. know, cause like Freddie gets sampled all the time with the one, two and, and, uh, yeah, the, like that, like in the background of certain songs like that. So. But uh, and I mean it's no secret I am a fan of horrorcore, which is horror-based rapping, and um, the dynamic duo Twisted, like their their whole image and their whole thing of what they rap about is they rap in the mental state of Jason and Michael Myers. Oh like, really? Yeah. I didn't like, know that. Uh, we have nothing else to do but kill. That's it. Hmm. So. So they call themselves well, the dynamic duos. The more you know. The more you know. Well, uh, another thing, speaking of Dawn of the Dead that was funny, is um, there's a track in there called The Gonk, or just simply Gonk, and it sounds like this, very familiar. You guys know that one? It's kind of the shopping mall. Somebody who actually plays off of that, and I never knew this until I heard that song in Dawn of the Dead a second time, and of course, it's going to load up an ad because it always does because YouTube is the absolute worst. Mm. Robot Chicken. Oh my gosh, Robot Chicken. Their outro. That's it. Those are chickens playing the gunk. Well, I knew it was uh-huh. chickens, but I didn't know they were sampling that. Wow. Yep, yep. they're basically just doing that song uh, with chickens. That's pretty dope. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Well, was the original sampling the Wilhelm scream or was it that um that little drum breakdown and I can't remember the jazz song but I think it was the, the Amen break or is it Yeah, I think yeah. it was that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cuz the Wilhelm scream is like famous. You you've heard uh-huh. that a million times, you know? I used to hate it so much and yeah. Steve made me appreciate it finally because I used <laughs> to we were going to use it in the intro to 13 Nightmares, and I all but, I just like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fucking use it. I hate that sound. And then he explained to me how important it was and how, you know, it's just sampled in every single thing and what it was supposed to be used for. What was it supposed to be used for originally? Do you remember? I can't, I can't remember. Gets, it's called it's called the Howie Scream. Yeah, the Howie Scream. People get yeah. that and the, and the, the, what do you call it? Wilhelm Scream yeah, mixed st- up. Stormtrooper yeah. Scream. But the Howie Scream, <laughs> the most, I'd say, I would say probably the most popular pop culture reference it is, is Avril Monsters, I think. Because it's like the the logo, it'll what? pop up the song. Really? Like, like, you know, when the Real mouth monsters. goes up to the. Yeah. 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 Wow. I think that's, that's probably the most. Favorite. 
That's probably the most. <laughs> my daughter. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that shit, man. Crumbs, said the Wilhelm Crumbs, scream was from 1951 in a movie called Distant Drums. Yeah, it was. It's a, been used over 400 it was, times. It was a cowboy yeah. movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Him falling off a saddle or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> They've used it. Him falling off. People falling off cliffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got to be easy. It's, to been, in, a it's been in every single Star Wars movie, every Lord of the Rings movie. Like it's huge. I just hope that's the oldest Easter egg that just keeps getting it has reused to be and reused. Yeah. It has to be reused. Yeah, it has to be. Well, the other song that really caught me off guard until again we were at a groovy movie watching Psycho, and Buster Rhymes. He and his song "Give Me Some More." You guys recognize that? Yes. Yeah. About 30 seconds into the Psycho opening theme, that little violin riff kind of mm-hmm. comes in, and yeah. Buster Rhymes sampled it for uh, Give Me Some More Tight. for the intro when he tells a story about how he fell down and hit his head. <laughs> so it's it's everywhere. It really is. Hey, if you're going to steal, you steal from the best. <laughs> That's right. And then, Steve, you were saying, like, Tech 9 samples. Yeah. So you might have to edit some of this because my phone loads pretty... It's a Dollar Tree phone, so... Uh, so, <laughs> Tech Nine's one of my favorite artists. I've, um, well, thanks to COVID, I won't be able to hit my hundred this year. But I'm at 98 for Tech Nine show or Strange Music shows, and Jeez. Tech Nine is like very important to me. So, one of the very first songs I ever heard from him uh, was on this album called Angelic, and it came out originally came out in 2000 and was re-released in 2001. Uh, during that time, I heard this song and. This was the very the very first song I ever heard. It was my my buddy Tyson. He he had a Beretta, a Chevy Beretta car, and he was like very proud of his sound system in there. And he pulled up listening to this song, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my the gosh!" Fuck? And then, so I was like, "That's amazing! Like what? Like what is that? That's gonna be really loud." Uh, so it was like it was really, 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 uh, really, really amazing to hear. That song come out of like a hip hop song. I was like, "What the hell?" And and it it blew me it blew me away. So ever since then, you know, and that's all it is 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 the beat itself. It has the song has nothing to do with um, with Halloween Halloween at all. It's just like you just know a nod. Yeah, just like just like that. And most people for the longest time, like uh, since I followed his career for so long, like I've kind of gotten to know what goes into making the albums and the beats and some of his some of his things like he he does like a lot of sampling of horror stuff and like um he's from two different religious backgrounds christian and and muslim and so he references a lot of like the darker sides of both of them and stuff um he came out with psycho bitch 2 and he originally wanted to do um the, the, the nether halloween beat but he, him and his producer Seven, they were like, well, let's try to do, let's try to get away from that and then bring that back for the third. So the Psycho Bitch 2 samples Phantom of the Opera, which is really, really rad. Uh-huh. And then uh, Psycho Part 3 was originally going to feature the Halloween beat again. But because uh, they, didn't, they didn't do that and everybody was kind of sad about it. Then an album came out and he had a song called MMM. And I was like, when I first got the album, I was like, what the hell? Like, what is what is that? I listened to the thing, and it starts off, it's like a really weird beat, dark beat. And the first word, Lori Strode, I got a gory soul, so the story goes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? And it's like a whole song of him being Michael Myers. Oh, wow. And, oh. and then he gets to talk about why he didn't get that beat. <laughs> so, in the song. In the song, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, I've got to get back to the thing. Step up and try to get try to get at me and be disposed. 
I don't know why the great Malik Akkad, that's why I asked you that. Yeah. I'll tell you who that is in a second. Not fucking with me. It's a fish, right? Wanted to use the theme for PB3, Psycho Bitch 3, but they told me fucking 50. Yeah, it's worth. Yeah, we gotta. But not when Carpenter charged me five for the first Psycho Bitch, so I had to switch when I just wanted to keep it alive. Guess he didn't know I spilled them bastards. Who say another killer's better? I kill them slashers. I peel them actors. I real grim faster. Original mask motherfucking William Shatner. Wow. <laughs> so, Malika Cod is who owns the John Carpenter everything. He owns the theme and all that shit. Oh, wow. And that's why he was like, nope, I own it now. Carpenter and you had a deal where you only charge 5000 for the first, for the first, just for that, and he can mix it into his shit, the, the likeness of the beat. And they're like, nope, you need to give us 50 And then they were like, okay, I'll do it. Grand? Yeah. Wow. But I mean, you know, Texas is a self-made millionaire, and like, it's worth mm-hmm. it to him because it's very important to him. Mm-hmm. But then... Um, they're going to talk crap about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then probably once he sat down and talked with his label owner and you know his business partner and they're like no i'm not gonna get hustled dude like Mm -hmm. and it and it turns into the same thing with like the jason stuff with the whole drama that they have with the jason you know the friday 13th franchise like no with the the publishing and like oh with everybody's got their hand in the cookie jar and then they can't cunningham and all that it's like so he was gonna pay the celebrity tax because when you're basically rich they know oh you got money exactly because in 2000 when that album came out on his original label before he formed his own label he was a nobody he had qd3 money which qd3 did like some stuff with some other like up and coming rappers yeah right they're not they're not really like they're not really big anything kirk hammett talks about that in his book too much horror business about being charged a celebrity tax. So yeah. he has intermediaries that go hmm. buy his uh, horror collection stuff for him. So oh, he doesn't wow. pay three times the market value for something. Huh, that's smart. That makes yeah. sense, yeah, because they know you got the money. It's pretty yeah. nuts. But the horror smurfs. But yeah, the 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 song the song is awesome. And I and you know, like I said, I can list off tons of references. I really dug uh, that. And there's another song, which is another movie we'll talk about today. Um, and there's a he samples this song him and Chris Calico, uh, this other artist on Strange Music, where they do a whole Poltergeist song and they rap in they rap they wrap around Tangina Barons yeah they wrap around the 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 viewing of the woman yeah say only when I say so only, only when, when I say, I say so. yeah they rap like that whole song is about them rapping through her eyes of like the yeah. shit she sees about cleaning houses. <laughs> it's so weird, but like, yeah. So that's why that's the type of shit I like. I, I like that dark stuff, and when they mix it in with you know my favorite genre of music, like it's, I'm all about. It's it. a bonus. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Just a, a really great callback to what you love. Well, Preston, what do you have about Poltergeist, man? Because you, uh... yeah, like uh, you know my my segment that I contributing to this episode hang on real quick we are recording uh, in the storefront so speaking of soundtracks there's going to be a little bit of uh, streetcar ambient noise (laughs) behind us hot rods so so like my very lackluster segment that I'm doing for you guys the very (laughs) lackluster remake of the horror classic Poltergeist might have been all worth it just for bringing Spoon's cover of the Cramps TV set into existence and it also was a Record Store Day release in 2015 on a special edition pink-colored vinyl set to 45 speed. Do you own that? I do own he that. He does, yeah. Yeah. Flex. Flex. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a fairly straightforward rendition of the song from the album The Lord's Taught Us with Spoon Likewise Jamming in a Panic in 12-Bar Blues Patterns. Brett Davis' vocals tend to land extra cool. The cover has him tapping into the zaniness of the late 
luxe interior with a ticklish collection of yelps and cries. It's fitting that it plays like a like crazy considering it has a line or two about lopping off someone's dome and placing it on top of a 40 inch Tobisha uh, TV Toshiba yeah Toshiba TV <laughs> then Tabisha. then uh, moving it into a refrigerator turning it into a radio accidentally putting it in a crib at night and then sweeping the crumbs underneath the bed and then dressing it up as a baby doll jeez how much yeah. psychedelics were they on it's a fucking wild oh, ride yeah <laughs> so they were on all the LSD holy shit Let's get a sample of that. Now, was that from Poltergeist then? So the original one was not uh-huh. from Poltergeist, but... Uh, the all the the different like trailers and teasers they did for the remake uh-huh. they showed like this TV that was like skidding in and out yeah yeah, yeah. and so they thought that um, so they were like hey Spoon we want you to do a song for it and so Spoon was looking at you know here's the you know the original yeah, yeah, the old TV yeah. right and they're like fuck let's do this song this song is like fucking crazy and that's so, crazy so that's from the new Poltergeist soundtrack. yeah okay cool and it's the only thing good about that movie. <laughs> so I not, thought it was okay I'm that not, would be I'm funny not a fan of remakes to have that. During I'm the Freddy kill, he's like, "Welcome to primetime, oh, bitch!" And he puts her in the TV. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. You're proud of that vinyl too. Cause oh. We talked about it a few times. Yeah. yeah that's cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially because my kids jump up and down and like rock out to that song. So. Because they don't know any better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, Poltergeist that brings us perfectly segued into our main topic of the episode: cursed films. And the first movie we're going to talk about is Poltergeist. Or rather, Poltergeist from 1982, Poltergeist 2 from 86, and Poltergeist 3 from 88. So we've all probably heard a little bit about the curse of Poltergeist. But if not, I'm going to go ahead and... (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm going to hit the high notes on this because really, the curse of Poltergeist is associated with the deaths among the cast from that whole entire trilogy of films. Dominique Dunn, Heather O'Rourke, Will Sampson, and Julian Beck. But to me, there's really only two deaths that, you know, were foreseeable and the other two not so foreseeable. So we're going to focus on those two deaths that nobody really expected, which lays the groundwork for Poltergeist's curse. So first we have Dominique Dunn. Dominique was a 22-year-old actress who portrayed the big sister, Dana Freeling, in the first Poltergeist. That'd be Carol Ann's, you know, older sister. Now, weeks before her death, Dunn had ended her abusive live-in relationship with a Los Angeles chef named John Sweeney, but on the night of the 30th of October, 1982, after a huge fight and their ultimate split, he dropped back by the former shared residence to plead with her one last time to take her back. The conversation didn't go the way he wanted it to, and bada-boom, bada-bing, he ended up strangling her uh, to death for what the coroner believed to be four to six minutes of just nonstop, just throttling her. And then he left her for dead in her driveway. When the uh, police showed up, they found her unresponsive, and unfortunately, she stayed in a coma for four days and sadly died on November 4th, 1982, at the Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. In November of 1983, a year later, Sweeney was convicted of voluntary manslaughter 
but he was released in 1986 after only serving three years of the actual sentence. His short sentence and early release remain subjects of controversy. I was going <laughs> to say that's, that's some damn controversy. It's bullshit. Yeah, 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 right. So the main crux of the curse of Poltergeist, though, lays with Carol Ann. The unfortunate passing of Heather O'Rourke was the child actress who played Carol Ann Freeling throughout almost the entirety of the trilogy. She started off when she was six years old playing in Poltergeist Part 1. Now, during the filming of all the Poltergeist movie, movies, Heather had been ill on again and off again. But during the filming of Poltergeist 3, she had gotten increasingly sick, and what they thought to be a bout of ordinary flu launched her into a full cardiac arrest, and during a drive to a local hospital, the bacterial toxin set in, and a loose bowel obstruction made its way into her bloodstream. Fuck. So she's rushed to a local <coughs> she was rushed to a local hospital where her heart was successfully restarted and then flown by helicopter to a much larger children's hospital where she underwent an operation to remove the obstruction. The toxins, however, rampaged through her system and it proved too much and she unexpectedly died on the operating table at the age of 12 from a septic shock on the 1st of February of 1988. But what's really sad here is being sick on again and off again for the first two movies too and finally one year before her death she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease which uh, many of us probably know that's a really I'm not the pun's bad a shitty thing to have that was unintentional the judges yeah. will allow it uh, it was a lifelong inflammatory bowel disease which oftentimes first manifests in children and young adults but what doctors didn't know is she actually had been battling a lifelong bowel obstruction, the same bowel obstruction that actually caused her to get septic. Had they been able to actually detect the bowel obstruction, they could have corrected it and possibly saved her life. Oh, wow. Well, she was too busy working as a child actor. Right. Cool. <laughs> and so, of course, as any unexpected death would fuel rumors, especially when considered in the conjunction with Dominique Dunn's murder only six years earlier. So what's really terrible here, and it shows how cruel Hollywood can be, O'Rourke had appeared in all three Poltergeist movies, as we all know, and Poltergeist 3 had yet to be released at the time of her death. Her family and her agent said all of her scenes had been finished before her death, and Poltergeist 3 had been completed. So what's really terrible here is it shows how cruel Hollywood can be. O'Rourke had appeared in all three Poltergeist movies, but it had yet to be released before her death and her family and agent claimed that all her scenes were filmed for Poltergeist 3 before she passed away and the movie had been completed, uh, actually several months earlier, back in June of 87. But the writer and director, Gary Sherman, had maintained that filming of Poltergeist 3 had not yet finished when she died, and the whole cast and crew came together and re actually revolted against releasing the movie. Out of respect for Carol Ann or you know, O'Rourke, they decided they just didn't want to release it. But unfortunately, as they often do, the production company and the higher-ups found things about the movie they also wanted to change, necessitating script changes and forcing the director to cast a body double to finish the film for O'Rourke so they could finish their Hollywood masterpiece and their trilogy. And so there are a few scenes in her absence where they actually have a body double. That's why a lot of the filming of the final scenes of the movie, it's Carol Ann from behind or a side wow. shot so they could find yeah. a body double to double as her. So. 
Um, the other two people who passed away weren't quite as controversial. Julian Beck, the 60-year-old who played the evil spirit Kane from Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, he died of stomach cancer on the 14th of September of 1985. And uh, that was expected. He just he was yeah. battling cancer, cancer for years. And Will Sampson, he was sick quite right. a bit throughout his life. Yeah, he was the Native American who played the, what would you say, the good spirit in yeah. part the two. The shaman, yeah. The shaman, yeah. He was also the chief in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I just watched that over the weekend because <laughs> Ratchet just came out on oh, yeah. Netflix. Now, is that a horror show? That's it's, on a, it's an American horror it's thriller. Like, I don't know if it's tied in with American Horror Story, mm-hmm. but it has a couple Paulson. of the actors it's from it. Sarah Paulson. Yeah. 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 It has it's the worst based on face. Nurse yeah. Ratchet. The first, in, uh, have you watched the first episode? We watched the first episode. Oh, okay. Does she cry in it? Oh, man. She's really good. Does she, she cry does, in it? She does she cry? cry. Okay, does, good. She does, made people cry. Does she scream in it? No. No, she yeah. cries, remember? She's she, in charge. Wait, yeah. what? She cries. I can't ruin it for you. No, yeah. I, this is the thing. Sarah Paulson, she, that's what she focuses on. Like, oh. if you watch anything she's in, she either cries or screams in every well, single thing. Well, this one, she does like, get emotional. Yeah, I don't want to see it. No, that's fine. Yeah. No, I do want to see it. It's just that she she makes me laugh because it's like, we get it. You're a screen queen. <laughs> oh, no. She's like, very manipulative. The character's very oh, manipulative. she yeah. is very. Yeah. So, but that has to do cool. with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? It's yes. Nurse Ratchet is the one in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. I saw that yeah. on, the, on the list. But it's kind of a play on that character, right? This wouldn't be considered a prequel to Cuckoo's Nest, right? No, it's a prequel to her. Okay, okay. This yes. is like yeah. how she got into the yeah, hospital. Yeah, tight. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to watch oh, that. It's yeah. good. That's cool. She's a manipulator. That one season of yeah, I really, I really story. like her. What, what season was it when it was all political and it was pretty much based on Trump and all the clowns? Um, and she cult. just... Cult. Yeah, yeah. cold. Yeah. She screamed and cried for that entire freaking yeah. season and it ruined every she, land. Oh, yeah, she was the... She was one of the, she was the lady that had the wife and mm-hmm, the, the kid. The yeah. kid, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was the interracial, yeah. interracial thing, so she was really scared for her life and... Uh, she's going through some mental shit. It felt like yeah. the best part of that season was when uh, ending credits the last episode. No, the, the very <laughs> like the very first five minutes. Uh, the guy that plays Quicksilver, yeah, Evan, uh, Peters, Evan Peters, and he yeah. like grinds up the uh, Cheetos into a paste, and he's like sitting there like smothering yeah, all really, over his yeah. face. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the nuts. season was good. It's just she, yeah, like you good. said, we get it. You can cry and scream, yeah. but she is talented though. She can she can do her acting. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, Samson, uh, he died of, uh, let's see here. He received a lung transplant six weeks earlier, and the cause of his death was ascribed was, to be severe preoperative malnourishment, is what they said. He had heart and lung transplant. Oh, really? Heart and lung. He had lost 120 pounds. Sheesh. Which, the malnutrition is what contributed to the needing the the, oh, okay. the transplant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Damn. Jeez Louise, so damn. Yeah, and he died from post-operative kidney failure because you're right. on all the anti-rejection meds. Yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna get into why you think this stuff happened or what? Because like all the all the references you did, like that's pretty far fetched. You know what I mean? Like that little girl, like she got had Crohn's. I mean, had Crohn's disease. Like that's a real. That's oh a real yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what makes it. The interesting thing about yeah. it. And the doctor her. at the time says, well, you know, she should have exhibited these symptoms her whole life. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. weird for her to die like this. Yeah. yeah, and there's always freak accidents like that. And then and then for Dominique, who got murdered by that dude, like, I mean, that's, that's domestic abuse. That shit happens, mm-hmm. too. So how are sure. these... How are these saying? How are these tied to the movie, though? Are you going to get Steve, that? they're all tied in together because of the original 
skeleton curse of poltergeist. We oh, talked about it last yeah, time we got right. together. It's all connected, man. They, yeah. <laughs> it goes all over the Don't, don't jump the storm. gun over there. Yeah, yeah. read the notes, Steve. <laughs> well, no, for that was, sake. I was segueing, dog. That's how a professional yeah. does it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, we talked about it back on episode 118. We were all together. They used real skeletons in the pool scene without telling the actress... And so that's one thing that you shouldn't do. Actress Joe Beth Williams dropped the fact on VH1's I Love the 80s, saying a film crew used real human skeleton remains on the dress set so that she'd actually be swimming in that pool with real skeletons. So a lot of people say the skeletons. Yes, the skeletons, Steve, are the true curse and reason why all these people died from either shitty abuse or natural causes. They're pissed. They were in a movie and didn't get paid. Mm Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. extras. They were. Get paid, don't their yeah. pockets were bone dry. <laughs> I mean, they had, no, oh. they had no speaking lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to pay them if they don't. They were talk. background players. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, replica skeletons were. You know, they didn't exist so much, and it was far cheaper just to get. I mean, real skeletons like, than actually make them in a special effects room. So, that, real skeletons were sold by H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, the mm-hmm. serial killer. He yeah. would dispose of his victims by. Selling, selling, selling the bodies. And yeah, some of his murder victims are still in the collections of some of the most prestigious universities in the world. Really? Because they uh, were sold back then. Nobody the traced this, and yeah. now they don't yeah. want to go back and trace this. Now they don't want to have any connection to this. So, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a statute somewhere in there that says, okay, we well, get. Yeah, it. all the people involved are dead. Been dead over a hundred years, probably. I got one of H.H. Holmes skeletons. Right, my shit. Starting bid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one fact about the movie we didn't talk about is during the scene where Robbie is being strangled by the clown's arms when they start wrapping around his neck like a boa constrictor. Apparently, the actor Robbie Williams, or I'm sorry, Oliver Robbins, Robbie, Robbie Williams, Robbie Williams, yeah, millennial, <laughs> millennium, was that yeah, <laughs> Oliver Robbins, who played Robbie, actually got strangled because the mechanics inside the arms of the clown went too tight around his neck. The thing is, Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper told the kid, "Hey, just ad lib and just make it look as real as you can." And they didn't realize he's really being strangled. And so it took just about to the point where Spielberg saw Robin's face turning purple for him to realize something was going wrong and actually run over there and rescue Robin's from the mechanical clown's arms before it strangled him to death. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So Spielberg lucked out on that one. Yeah. That's good idea. Exactly. (laughs) So explain that, Steve. Yeah. What about that, Steve? Yeah. yeah. Mechanical <laughs> malfunction of a stupid fucking clown with no. long arms? Curse, bro. Bones with ghosts. Bones with ghosts, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ghosts. But to tie it back to kind of a paranormal uh, spin here, the inspiration for the story of the movie comes from two places. Supposedly a real-life haunting, which we're not going to talk about, because people said that the movie was inspired by the infield poltergeist and like two to three other actual hauntings, so we're not even going to dive into that because we're all about the facts. Um, the actual inspiration here that I could find actual credence to comes from a town in a town in Denver. <laughs> the actual inspiration comes from Denver, Colorado. In the late 1800s, when Denver was expanding, there was a graveyard where a city government wanted to put a grand city park like the one in New York called Central Park. So the city put out notices for bids to relocate the cemetery that would be right smack dab in the middle of, the, in the middle of this park. The city puts out notices for bids to relocate the cemetery, and they decided to go with, of course, the lowest bidder. 
So families were informed of the new plans of the project and given 90 days to relocate the remains of their loved ones. However, not all families responded, so some bodies were just left there unaccounted for to be handled by the city. About a third of the way into the Why project... Why just build somewhere else? Mm. Why disturb... The, that just makes no it's sense. Prime real Greed. estate, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not There's doing that. There's money to be had. Yeah. Dead bodies can't get in our way of our dream. You yeah. know, the soil's good. <laughs> to hell with yeah. your final the resting America. place. <laughs> yeah. Right? So what some, could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so some bodies were just left there to be handled by the city. About a third of the way into the project, the contractor realized there were still body parts left behind or whole bodies by some families that had to be dealt with. So most of the people buried in the cemetery were just vagrants and criminals and paupers. Oh, well, in that case. Yeah, what do they need? Yeah, they're lucky we even buried them. Um, Right next to Carol Baskin's husband. (laughs) 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 Fucking Carol Baskin. Oh, man. Uh, I'll never financially recover from this. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so this probably had a lot to do with why the majority of the bodies, more than 5,000, remain unclaimed. That's a lot. That's a lot of criminals. That's and... a lot of paupers. Yeah. Uh, in 1893, the city of Denver then awarded a contract to undertaker E.P. McGovern to remove the remains of the last bodies. McGovern was to provide a, quote, fresh coffin for each body out of respect and then transfer. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> vroom, vroom. I hate that Kawasaki. Jesus. <laughs> In 1893, the city of Denver then awarded a contract to undertaker E.P. McGovern to remove the remains. Now, McGovern was to provide a fresh coffin for each body out of respect and then transfer them to Riverside Cemetery at a whopping cost of $1.90 per body. So that guy would have made almost $10,000 in 1893 money yeah. to move all these people. So the macabre work begun, and on March 14th of 1893, while an assorted audience of curiosity seekers and reporters came and went, he started moving the bodies. And for the first few days, he kept tight on his word, and the transfer was orderly. However, the unscrupulous McGovern soon found a way to make even more money and even more profit off the contract. Rather than utilizing full-size coffins for adults, he used child-size caskets that were just one foot by three and a half feet long. And sources claim that was done at least partially because of a coffin shortage causing a mining accident in Utah. However, he was just out for a profit. He hacked up the bodies, he broke up bones, and sometimes used as many as three caskets for just one body. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. God. Might as well just bury it. You might as well just build, build open <laughs> yeah, at that point. I know, you know, no kidding, man. Not only are you now you're disturbing the remains. Right. You're gonna get cursed, bitch. So in McGovern's haste. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine like the kid he's like, Jerry, I want you to go use that axe over there and chop off a, you know, Mrs. Smith. Yeah, can you imagine arm. like oh, back in lake too? I need to fit this in four coffins, buddy. That's <laughs> uh, fifty cents a whack. Yeah, back in eighteen ninety, like everybody's hurting for money. You know, you want to make some money. Except for EP McGovern. You know, he wasn't making two dollars per body. Yeah, you. Yeah, you go to you go to a paper. And nickel. Like, oh, sorry, it's a nickel to chop off her arm. Some local work. You go to you. They're like, yeah, let's need some help. Uh, we're gonna be you know distributing these remains and everything. You go there like, okay, it's kind of a weird job, but I'll do it. Go there. You go there and he's got like an axe and a saw and he's like, "All right, get to work." What? <laughs> so he did he did he have a team? 
Uh, he probably had a few people working for him, yeah. But probably as as few people as possible because it's hard to keep that a secret. secret. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Secret they take to their grave. Oh, <laughs> they might have been the last ones buried. <laughs> right, right. Okay, he's well, I got these two coffins too. sitting here that have no bodies for them. <laughs> it's like in that movie, Comedy of Terrors, where they reuse the same coffin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in their haste, uh, it also allowed for a lot of body parts to be strewn about because when you're working in a hurry, you might not catch, you know, a rogue toe or rogue hand flying over the coffin side. So a lot of souvenir hunters and onlookers were able to find themselves items, in air quotes, that escaped the caskets. But again, due to skeezers and profiteers, not all bodies were dug up and countless bodies had bones haphazardly strewn about and thus it was later discovered by the city there were still body parts on the property. The city, not being able to afford to tear down the buildings they'd already started to build and to dig up the cemetery again, left the remaining body parts there until they finished the project, leaving the unmarked graves as they were, and thus, fast forward to 2020, the park is called Cheeseman Park, and the graves sit under the Greek Pavilion on the east end of the park and extends south to 8th Avenue. Any kind of memorial there or anything for them? Uh, I didn't read that far. Yeah, it was probably just like a hand sticking out of the ground, Steve. I mean, you can go to you can go to countless, you know, Atlas. <laughs> Missing Obscure. a finger. <laughs> there's there's countless people on Instagram and like Atlas Obscura that talk about it, so you can find the the coordinates to where you're supposed to that's go. That's crazy, man. Yeah, but and that that's kind of where that scene got inspired from. Whenever uh, the dad, Mister Freeling, grabs the jerk by the neck and left the body still there. You never move the bodies. Because the if the graves <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy that it's crazy to me that was an 1890 something. 93. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty nuts. That's pretty disgusting and mm-hmm. just insane. Steve, people yeah. have always been bastards. Well, yeah. check this out. <laughs> we only had that. Our local history has a similar story. But we, uh. yeah, you're right. And then what? We'll, what I'm saying though is that like we always throw on the hypothetical: if you were to time travel and go back in time, or a person from the past come to the future and see what someone's wearing or the technology, or whatever, and they'd be so shocked and mm-hmm. maybe disgusted because it's you know we're not as conservative as we used to be. Like that, but like go back in time. Oh, what what are you doing? What are you doing this week? Oh, I got to drive a body to show in Wichita this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we're thinking about pulling in about five hundred dollars. Yeah, to, to walk at a body. Wow, like you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's weird as shit to me. This is weird. The uh, the cemetery that you and I first ghost hunted together in on Halloween. Our first ghost date. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. That uh, was a Bellevue or Sunset View or Bellevue. El Yeah, Yeah, yeah. The one, yeah. your dad, the one your dad chaperoned us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, originally, that uh, the mausoleum wasn't there, and uh-huh. where the mausoleum is now, that was the poorer part of the cemetery. So, if you look, like, to the south of where the mausoleum, mausoleum that's where, like, where all the rich people were buried. So, the you know, the headstones are, like, bigger and more ornate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's a bunch of old, like, shitty wooden, like, headstones. And they're like, no, we need to uh, do like a new fancy mausoleum. And there was a young Indian lady buried there, and they didn't dig up all the bodies because they got lazy. They're like, fuck, this is taking too much time. So they basically just trampled over all the like five or ten graves that were left and then built the oh, mausoleum. Wow. And so that's why that cemetery is considered like the most haunted cemetery in Kansas. Yeah. Because you got a pissed off Indian princess who's like, dude, you trampled over my grave. And that's, yeah, we were traipsing wow. around yeah. that mausoleum. Yeah. Yeah, so when I go to, when I go to I mean, like I go to grave sites all the time, but like a few what times, a ghoul. Yeah, yeah. A few times I go. Like the last one I went to was with my mom, her her um, 
late fiance. He passed away several several years ago, but we went there and I took her up there. And I like going to graves uh, graveyards because especially the ones where like you can tell that that they didn't get greedy and they didn't disturb like the ones that have been there since the 1800s or mm-hmm. so or so, and they've just built on to it. Like even in Tawanda, where where Brady lives next to, like it, there's parts where it's you know very very old, mm-hmm. and then they just extend it out, and they didn't try to like relocate it because we want to make the front of it look more fancy with big headstones. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's one like that in Wellington, mm-hmm. down right by the diner. There's just a really small mm-hmm. cemetery with really old. And see, I think you can get away oh. with that in smaller more conservative yeah. towns but someone like Denver that's consistently growing especially uh-huh. at the rate yeah. it did in the 1890s yeah yeah like they're, ever, they're like fuck it <laughs> you ever get a chance to go to the Atchison uh, ghost tour where yeah. they take you on the ghost trolley they'll take you to the original cemetery they talk about how they moved the cemetery and then they'll tell you about how they'll take you to the next where they moved the cemetery to and they say and guess what? They moved it again. Oh, so, really? yes, that's oh. why they're the most haunted city. Yeah, that's uh-huh. pissed off spirits. Yeah, so if yeah. we ever get a chance, to take you guys up there. Oh, and he's like, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, and then when you're running the train, they're like, we pulled up a grave right here. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here's a shovel, yeah. folks. Yeah. You're gonna move it again. Well, yeah, that's what they tell you. We moved it. Yeah. Oh, guess what? We moved it again. Well, now we ought to plan a big trip. Damn. We ought to plan a big trip because uh, Big Dobbs. And uh, his girlfriend really wanted to come and go to Atchison as well. And we were planning to do something for the show. And then COVID reared its nasty head to kind of, yeah. you know. But this gives us a chance to have you guys come too and just make a yep. I would love giant to go caravan. Oh, yeah. But I do fun. freak out at the Sally house Good. every time. Oh, yeah, I no, I freak out. I like, I like your stories on that. I want, yeah. I want to go to that shit. Yep. So if I leave the room quickly and say, I'm out, that means something Uh-oh. happened. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Well, John, speaking of cursed movies, what do you got for us? Well, we just talked about how Steven Spielberg freaked out because someone almost died on the movie set. Mm-hmm. Well, when he was in charge of The Twilight Zone the very next year. Uh, it was next year, wasn't it? It was the next year. Wow. There were... I didn't know Steven Spielberg did that movie. That's weird. Spielberg, Spielberg did... Um, one section, and he did the original, the the beginning part with uh, Lithgow. With uh, well, no, he did he did the beginning part with uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, oh, okay. You know, you want to see something really scary, yeah. mm-hmm. and, cool. and the wraparound at the end. Um, but uh, this is before Dan Aykroyd went fucking insane. Yeah, Spielberg. Was, <laughs> Spielberg. Well, he he's always been a fan of the paranormal. Yeah. Wait, oh, yeah. went insane yeah. or finally yeah. saw the light? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. But Spielberg was kind of over the entire production. Uh, John Landis was taking the, out of the four different sections of the movie, mm-hmm. three were from the original TV show, and one was from the, uh, uh, just an entirely new script. It was starring Vic Morrow, mm-hmm. and it was about an incredible, incredible racist. This guy was... Uh, he, he exhibited racism at the very beginning of the segment. Then he gets transported in time to Nazi Germany. He gets transported to uh, the d- Deep South where he's uh, attacked by the KKK. Mm-hmm. And then the, the following segment was going to show him in Vietnam. Um, there was a section of the movie. It, the, the little segment was called Time Out. Mm-hmm. He's traveling in time, basically. Uh, he's chased by Nazis. I mean, basically he ends up in Vietnam. And that's where his character was going to get redemption. Uh-huh. He was trying to save these two children. 
So at this point in the movie, they're filming um, at night and they're breaking the law because these two children are involved. Uh, they're being hidden by the safety marshal, by all these people. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, telling the family, you know, don't tell anybody they're here to work. You're just visiting the set. Yeah. This was, you know, super secret. John Landis knew what he was doing. Oh, for sure. Because labor so, laws prevented you to work a kid after a certain you time. You couldn't work right? the kid at night. Yeah. And you couldn't work them more than a certain amount of hours. Mm -hmm. So they were being paid under the table. Mm -hmm. So there was a section where um, this uh, helicopter was shooting uh, a scene above them. I mean, very unsafe. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. there's pyrotechnics going off under mm -hmm. the helicopter. Mm -hmm. The helicopter... Actually, the de there's delamination of the one of the rotors, which basically is a shattering mm -hmm. uh, of the metal. It's like coming off in spirals. It, it, basically, Jeez. it comes down, lands sideways, decapitates Vic Morrow and one of the children, and the landing strut basically crushes the third child. Yeah. How the so hell did this movie all, not get just get just get? It should have been yanked at that time. Now, yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. Especially for undocumented workers. Like, yeah, well, the but Hollywood that was just it. To be. Uh, yeah. Most of Vic Morrow's scenes were shot um, before this. They basically cut the kids completely out of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Spielberg was was um, furious with the whole the whole situation because you know he'd probably been through this just a year before on Poltergeist, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this actually was well that know, and ended like, in death. Yeah. Of, Three people, and then plus like him, like he, you know, it's not his fault. These people were going undocumented and whatnot, and like, you know, he yeah. probably felt bad. Like, man, this could have been prevented, you know. But yeah, there's so been. many moving hands in that stuff. Like, it's impossible. Yeah, and what's weird is I didn't even think about that in the documentary. You can watch um, Spielberg's not even mentioned, was he? Did, did you watch what? the Cursed Films episode about Twilight Zone the movie? No. On, so on Shutter, I, I need to see he that. probably doesn't want to be anything associated with Maybe it. Maybe not. On Shutter, there's a series they started called Cursed Films, or I think it's Cursed Films, and it talks about four, five, six different movies that have curses, you know, quote curses behind them. And there's an episode about Twilight Zone that goes really in depth, and it's heartbreaking because the guy who's in charge of special effects and who's in charge of like safety and everything he's just heartbroken like even telling you what happened with the accident and the kids dying he's just he starts bawling on screen just choking up i can't imagine i mean that he had a job that was a straight to the moon all these hollywood executives saying hey man you you've made it big time this is it and then it all came crashing down and he even went through and said like i checked every single explosion every single you know, pyrotechnic set up the rigs, and then the day that it happened, he said, you know, this looks like way too much, you know, explosive, whatever, TNT or whatever they're going to use. It looks like it's way, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine, we got it. He's like, that's too much of a load to explode with a helicopter. Oh, no, we got it, we got it, don't worry about it. And then when it happened, he's like, holy shit, and everyone just had to run yeah. when it happens. Damn. And it was captured by three different film, three different cameras. Yeah. And so, you know, nine years this lawsuit goes on mm -hmm. uh, about John Landis. I mean, basically, he's being, you know, run through the ringer. Mm -hmm. and, so who, uh, whose fault did it ultimately come to? Do you know? uh, they basically let everybody off the hook. Yeah, everybody walked away. Yeah, Damn. except for the people who were killed. Yeah. So yeah. Who, so who, whose fault was it? Do we do? I mean, you have to. General... Spielberg says, look, this this is an end to the old movie system where the studio has no say in the movie. He was basically calling for the studios yeah. to come in yep. and supervise productions. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, Landis had free reign. 
Yeah. As a lot of people did when they were making movies yep. back in the day. Landis, well, yeah, Landis and some of the other guys wanted a more grandiose explosion than it was already practiced before. So they packed more explosives. They had more, you know, fire and all this like stuff. Like in that Tropic Thunder movie. Yeah. 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 Like, we need them explosions. Yeah. And the Spielberg and the, instituted a thing where anybody, no matter who, you know, crew member, someone in the cast, anybody can yell cut for any reason at any time uh-huh. if it's unsafe. Yep. So, and that's something that other directors have carried on as well. But yep, he awesome. was like, you know, yeah. I'm not going through this. And, and I bet that, <laughs> oh, man, I can only imagine for scenes where, because like uh, that dude is like, so not only just talented, but like you can tell he has a very, very strong moral compass and like connection with child actors because mm-hmm. a lot of his movies based around children or like family and you know what I'm saying like he started Drew Barrymore's career like all that <laughs> yeah. type of stuff. Drew like, Barrymore was almost in Poltergeist, yeah. but she ended up being in ET instead. Yeah, mm. ET and Poltergeist came out same year, right? Eighty two. Mm. I don't know. Let's Google it. Yeah. Google this. Get her fact checker. But it, it's so like, you know, and I just, Steven Spielberg is just such a genius. But the fact is, is that it's just crazy to think that, yeah, not yeah, anybody, at, not anybody at any time could just say cut if they yeah. felt unsafe. Yeah. Like, what the hell? But, and it, it's shitty too, because like I said, the guy supervising all the explosions and all the stunts, he even called it out and said, no, there's way too much going on right but here. But they were like, no, 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 it's cool. No, it's, it's cool. cool. It's cool, man. Hey, it's cool. Yeah. Just go. So, it. It's called go fever. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what the Apollo program were saying. They had go fever and that's when they had the accident on the pad, you know, mm-hmm. and three astronauts died mm-hmm. and they had to slow down for a year. They just stopped everything. Organized. If you want to believe that, some say sabotage. 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 Yeah, that was Apollo 11, right? No, Apollo 1. But thank you, I was like, 11 landed on the moon. 13 is the one that the movie was made about. Yeah. They just went around the moon. They couldn't land. Yeah. No, Apollo 1, it was way too dangerous again. And even the astronauts were saying, like, hey, this has not been tested. Everything leading up to this all shows this is going to explode. Space race, man. And then they're saying, man, one of them was silenced in a car wreck. We did an yeah. episode about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> one of them was burned up, and there's questions about maybe the latches were sabotaged because technically he should have been able to get out of that. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Well, not at Apollo 1. I mean, we can we can quickly go through that. But <laughs> the, the last, <laughs> Gus Grissom... Um, yeah, yeah, Gris- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Liberty Bell 7, which was restored to the Cosmosphere and is there right now, mm-hmm. um, he the, the hatch came off and it sank mm-hmm. in the ocean. He was blamed. He's like, look, I've got this little ring on my wrist when you, you know, I don't have this little ring on my wrist. Mm-hmm. If he had hit the thing, it's an explosive detonation charge, he would have had a bruise on his wrist if, if he had hit it. Off. Mm-hmm. So, it pops off. it just popped off. So what they did with Apollo 1 is it's an in, it's a inward opening hatch. Mm-hmm. Well, it was put it was basically fueled with pure oxygen inside to test the uh the um, yeah. pressure test. So with pure oxygen, velcro inside and velcro's everywhere because they're in space, they got velcro everywhere. Velcro explodes with pure oxygen at high pressure. Oh wow. So fire is inside the cabin. It's an inward opening hatch. The mm-hmm. pressure's too much. They can't open the hatch. Yeah. 
that's that's why they burned to death. I mean, they didn't even burn to death. They asphyxiated. Yeah. So I, I think we talked about it. That would have been a show with Jess Preston and I, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 37, Moon Movie Murder Mystery. I think that's when it I'll was. I'll have to go back to listen to that one. I'll find out for <laughs> sure. I think that's when it was. So you're but. saying that uh, you're saying Apollo 1, you just, that was just bad planning, bad science. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, and Jess Preston died in that. Yeah, so, Gill Fever. But then yeah. what you're talking yeah. about is Apollo, what, 3? No, I think it's Apollo One. Apollo One, yeah. It's been it's been a lot of Apollo. That was yeah. that was the go fever that everybody exhibited back then. They right. had to beat the Russians to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on a movie set, you're feeling the same thing. We got to get this yeah. thing done because we have this amount of budget. Mm-hmm. The studios want their movie. We got to be done now. Yeah, the go fever, you're right. So, so they and, finished the movie by um, putting him on a train. They mm-hmm. had filmed this part. Basically, he's on a train going basically to a concentration camp. He's back in Nazi Germany, and he looks out to the slats of the train. He sees the bar he was in at the beginning of the movie. Oh, so, wow. Okay. So they take they take that and... They just re-edited. They his... re-edited his scenes, to, and they, they put most of his scene, you know, in the movie. Just I was going to say, because nice. I've seen the... I know I've seen that, uh, that story yeah. in there, yeah. And, yeah. and back in the day, I know a lot of people skipped seeing the movie... Because, because of, of the death. I, I didn't yeah. go see it because of the death, and I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan. Yeah, I'm not trying to be morbid by any means, but if you watch that documentary on Shudder, it shows. Yeah, I've seen it. It shows the accident. I've seen well, the accident, it's, it's and I wish I hadn't. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, this is, it's not gory what you see on the documentary, but you, I mean, you see the impact Ugh. coming down. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of grainy film, so it kind of takes away the morbidity. You know what of it, happened? But I, it's, I mean, uh, but, yeah, it's nuts, it's rough. man. Mm. That's an interesting fact. I didn't. I didn't know about that at all. Yeah, now we're gonna have to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> what the video on Shutter? Creep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Cursed Films is a good series. No, I, 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 I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, yeah, you got that greenie camera. I got that HD. I'm already looking it up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've been quiet, Leslie. Why don't you jump into uh, what you want to talk about with uh, your favorite movie? Yeah, my the scariest, the scariest movie, movie of all time. Yeah. That I've ever seen. Right? That I've ever seen. Showgirls? No. Burlesque. Oh. <laughs> it's a... The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Awesome. Okay, these are just some fun facts. Perfect. About The Exorcist, real quick. Cool. Okay. I'm stoked. How, okay, first off, how old were you when you went and watched this? Okay, it was when Cable first came out. So you didn't see it in theaters? No, I was too young, sweetie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the reason why I ask is because I'm going to follow up with something. What you're telling me. So you, were, you, you watched it on TV. I watched it on Cable. Do you remember how old you were? I was the same age as the girl in the movie. 12. Same age same as Linda Blair. Blair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 12, yeah. Yeah, and my mom was like, no. Okay. You can't watch this. Because she caught me watching a few other cable uh-huh, shows uh-huh. late at night. And I'm like, okay, I got you. Can't so watch I, that Bewitched now. So I watched it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I was never so terrified yeah. in my life. I was messed up for six months. Wow. I did not sleep through the night. I slept with a rosary. And I kept seeing that little possessed girl oh, floating yeah. out of my closet. For six months before it finally slowed down. So my my mom, she told me about the time she saw Exorcist. Was it she saw it week opening week in theaters? She was born and raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her was mom I. was like hardcore against this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the whole church was against the movie, and she was like, "Nah, screw that. I'm gonna go see it." She goes and sees it, and literally, she was 13 years old. 
13 years old she and then in the very first the very first week or whatever that had the spider walking down the stairs shit Mm -hmm. and like that messed her up so much that like she went to like confession every day since then because she thought she was going to turn into that spider chick walking down the back I'm totally screwed because a year ago I was I was watching the you know the Exodus and because uh, I was like sick and yeah. Jeffrey had to work so I had the kids and at that time Addie didn't like horror movies so she always just went to the other room and then like Blake crawled into bed he's like what you watching Dad I'm like the Exorcist he's like can I watch it and I'm like I mean I guess <laughs> oh my gosh so, Preston's like yeah. fucking I'm sick so we're like we're we're watching it and like the whole entire time like he's just glued to the television screen and then he, we get to the end where like she's like puking up like green vomit and yeah. they're actually doing it he's like dad who are those two guys there and I'm like they're priests and he's like so priests are like magicians right they're and I'm like what he's like well, they're just performing magic. I mean, it's not really working. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess. And conversation then, for a whole different day. Yeah. So. Oh, <laughs> man. So, like, but he was just so engulfed in this movie. And, like, no. But the thing is, though, is that his son, he's not going to have the same effect you did. He's but very, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. So, yeah. But not, not only that, but, like, not that Preston exposes Blake to so many things, but just because of, like, how kids perceive media now compared to when you were, I mean, you'd never seen anything like that before ever, and never. you're like, what the hell is going oh, on? Oh, I was but just like now, sitting there like, yeah. holding, my, <laughs> holding my rosary, like, what? Like, you're, you're, you're... I mean, I'm, the devil's real! Yeah, <laughs> right. So you were holding the rosary as you were watching it? Yeah, I freaked. I, mean, I went and got it. I woke up both my sisters. I cried for hours, but I watched the whole freaking thing. Oh, I remember wild. being freaked out watching the uh, It television series on ABC. Yeah. Like, that whole, just freaked me the fuck out for like a week. The, the and, hole in the shower? Yeah, and then yeah. It, like, just that whole, every single scene with that clown and yeah. like, Curry was amazing. Yeah, yeah and my kids watch good. that now and they, they laugh. They're yeah, like, it's great. so cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, what about Salem's Lot? When that came out on TV, did the, anybody get scared from mm-hmm. the... I did. I've never... The only thing that scares me is, is alien abduction stuff. No, that vampire floating yeah. and scraping. His friends did you scraping. Guys? It freaked me out. So I never saw Salem's Lot until, what, last summer at a groovy movie when we saw it in Andover at the Andover Theater. Oh, yeah. yeah Were you guys there? No, but I've seen that movie no. several times. I've never yeah, seen I never it. it. We went to that. Uh, yeah, we went to it. Um, I'd never seen it before. Great movie. But while watching it, that theater has a little bit of a bat infestation. Oh, the Augusta problem. Theater. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Andover, so, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, sorry, I said Andover. Yeah, yeah. The Augusta. Hold down on us, buddy. Yeah, 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 sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a secret, secret <laughs> movie group. But we're watching Salem's Lot, and uh, the Augusta Theater had a problem with bats. They still and do, I think. at the crescendo of the movie, when uh, the va- uh, I forget his name, the main vampire shows up. Marlo. And, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the little kid vampire is going around terrorizing yeah. people. Real life bats came out of the little roost they had, and they're flying <laughs> around tiny. the audience. Yep. And only a select few of us knew it because I was. They actually gave me a little tour before the movie started because we were supposed to do some stuff for the podcast at the theater. That fell apart, unfortunately. But like some of us who knew, we we're like, "This is amazing! Like you'll never see Salem's Lot in an old theater with real life bats flying around the audience." And when it was all over, people were like, "Oh my god, how did you do those effects? Like were they on like a little like string with somebody <laughs> swinging it around?" Yeah. We got production here. Yeah, we dangling them down from the roof, and we're like, "Those are real fucking bats." Yeah. Yeah. When when Dracula came out in 1931, the production uh, team they put inside the programs little paper bats with rubber band. Oh, so when you open it, they would flap and fly away. Oh, that's great! That's awesome. (laughs) 
That's awesome. But that that would have been amazing. What a great, what a great <laughs> yeah. promotional material. Well, let me do these fun yeah, facts for the real. Okay, the house they used to film the movie caught on fire. Okay, really? after it was done, yeah, yeah. Like the all only... the way to the ground? No, almost. Well, no, not to the ground. But yeah. all the rooms were affected except for where they filmed all the bedroom scenes. Really? It was yeah. untouched. Damn. Because of the priest magic. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the guy who played the nurse. Uh-huh. In that movie, uh-huh. actually killed a reporter shortly before it came out. We talked about that uh, on that episode one eighteen. It's your other shop. That's yes. not the guy that would go to the the male the male yeah. clubs. Yeah. He was a serial killer, and he'd go around and he'd murder um, um, just gay men. But he say so. This the he same murdered guy? a reporter this time before the begin. He actually played a nurse in the movie. Yeah, but, he killed he killed a reporter. Yeah, but first. is this the same person? Same guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. yeah, because he was a real life nurse. And then and they, they tracked used, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, during the scenes, they go into the actual operating room to do that brain scan. Um, they wanted it as real as it could be, and so they had a real doctor, and then he was a male nurse, and uh, he had killed a reporter, and then uh, several other men. Well, here's first. what he said, though, when they caught him. He was happy to confess that he did it. Mm-hmm. He couldn't tell you why. Yep. Pretty he nice. had no explanation for why he was compelled to do it. Wow. And they're like, you know, know, making a little connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then. Come on, Downton Thomas over there. What do you got? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a serial killer, so. Yeah, well, people die, man. What are the odds he's going to worship the in fire, that movie? The, the fire thing is pretty trippy, about, especially tri- the room. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like, room what, was. Not... 85% of the movie is in that room, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah That's what. Now, this part, everyone knows about Linda Blair's back injury mm-hmm. during the filming. Yeah. She had the harness. It broke. Mm-hmm. They kept filming. Mm-hmm. Her tears and screams were real. That was not acting. Yeah, because she was on a piston, right? Like a hydraulic. Well, they had her on a harness, yeah. and uh, yeah, it broke. And it when just she, when she floats or what? No, when she Yeah, and she actually yeah. fractured her lower back. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. Use a real body she did instead of like a dummy. To the doctor. She says that they did not send her. Think to about her that though, because when did this movie come out? 70. It would be so easy yeah. to do just like one of them, like cheesy, dummy, you know, them things that yeah. make it yeah, look. Because most movies back then did have them cheesy scenes because they're right. like, I'm not going to put a person through this. And, mm-hmm. and then they're the, like, nah. The same thing <laughs> accident happened with the mom in that yep. scene when she flew backwards yeah. and had another malfunction. So when she's they like, blame ah! it on the guys using too much force. Because, mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah, the director wanted a real reaction. So he had to put a little more mustard on it when they jerked that rope to pull her back. And that's her real life screams on the. Not ketchup, mustard. You never heard of that story before? <laughs> it's Put a little mustard on it, Jerry. Most people give, most people nowadays, when, like, when, because, like, I watched, like, a. During COVID, Hollywood's pretty much shut down. So yes. a lot of Hollywood people have been going on YouTube and doing, like, virtual roundtable readings of older movies, little interviews here and there and stuff like that. And, like, a lot of actors do get, do get, like, made fun of, oh, you're so, you know, there's the whole thing of like an actor is gonna complain the whole time, and mm-hmm. we need they need to be protected, and it's like, but you hear stuff like this, and like, yeah, you probably shouldn't put anybody through why. that. Yeah, like they're they're there for a job. I'm thinking about my job. Like, there's some things that are questionable. The job that I do of, of safety, and it's like, I don't, I'm not getting paid enough to put yeah. my body through. 
something that dangerous. Well, back then, I don't think the kids were told to speak up. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's the thing. Or just society she was only in general. She did the <laughs> Shut up, honey, we need this. Yeah, 12. Yes. You'll be all right. Yeah. You're hobbled. It's okay. You're malleable. Yeah. You live. But it's Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood does what it does, what it does, does what it wants. Yeah. And then you either do it or we'll find another person. So, mm-hmm. like, the, the last Mission Impossible, uh, where there's a scene, like, where he jumps from, like, one Dude, I will to never see that movie. You want to know why? Because that Tom was, Cruise has the same haircut in every movie. Well, that also Tom he's Cruise insane. Is black, and he's also insane. <laughs> yeah. But when I would go to the AMC right when I first got my AMC Stubbs premiere movie pass thing, yeah, every single movie I'd go watch, that damn trailer would be there yeah. for like three months <laughs> yeah. up to that movie, and I'm like, I never want to see a Tom Cruise ever again, and I never want to see this movie or this franchise ever again. Wow. Wow. Anyways, going so on. they had this the scene where he was like on the wire, but he had to jump from one roof to the next, and it was scripted to where like he wouldn't quite make it, like he's got to like hold on for a second and then pull himself up. So being Tom Cruise, he took off so fast when he slammed into the side of the building. He his like foot went this way and actually like broke it, and then so he just because he's getting like millions of dollars in this movie right. Well, he does his own stunt. Yeah, well, you got him drilling. Yeah, so he, through your veins. Yeah. So he's like fuck mm-hmm. it, pulls himself up and then like starts hobbling off, and then the guy was like, "Just keep rolling. This is what we pay him for." Like, they didn't give a shit. Uh, Leonardo's the same way. He does a lot of that method stuff too. So in uh, Django Unchained, there's a scene where he's. He's a slave master, and he's trying oh, to yeah, buy, the you know, glass. the slaves, and and he cuts his hand. He's angry because he's he knows that he's being played, and he smashes down this uh, this this shot glass or whiskey glass, and just uh-huh. just shatters, it. shatters. I mean, in real life, cuts his hand, and then and then to see that, and then everybody's like this, <laughs> but then like he doesn't break character, goes on with the scene, and then for Kerry Washington, <laughs> Kerry Washington sitting there, and you know. You got just all these brilliant minds sitting in one table, and Jamie Foxx is sitting there like creeped out. Christoph Waltz is sitting there, and then Carrie Washington sitting there is playing playing her 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 character, and she's sitting there like this. He's like, and this is my, and he you know just racial slur, and just takes his his blood, his hand, like not like profusely bleeding, bleeding, but like a pretty good chunk. And he just smears all her face, and her face is. Completely 100% real. She was not expecting that. She was so disgusted afterwards. Finally, like, Leo took her aside and was like, hey, like, um, I really apologize for that. Like, you know, uh, I, I don't have any blood diseases, you know. Um, if I were her, I would have punched him. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, like, I would have told you. I would have punched him in the I checkbook. Watched, I mean, I, oh, yeah. That's yeah. a sign. Well, I think, well, I think that the <laughs> other thing, too, is I think that, because uh, I watched the interview and who knows, I mean, this is what they say, but. She was just like, you know, like, um, she was like, I'm on a Quentin Tarantino set, and I'm with one of the greatest actors of all time, and I'm going to go with his lead. He wiped his blood on my face, you know. That's what Hollywood pays me for. his blood on my face. I know, but like, I mean, but you got to admit, though, that scene is one of the most iconic scenes in that entire movie, because there's so much tension around that table, and Leo didn't want to break that tension, and... So I don't know. It sucks. Same thing happened with the Hateful Eight. This is not horror related, so I apologize. But there's a scene like um, in the middle, like where they do, or they break it up, where uh, is it uh, Carrie Wilson or whatever the lady um, that's in that movie? She's playing a guitar. Yeah. So that's uh, like one of the rarest guitars in the world that was from the late 1800s. I remember this. And they were supposed to cut the scene, and then somebody was supposed to bring in a replica, and then Kurt (laughs) Russell was supposed to go in and smash it. 
But, like, everything was going so well that, like, they didn't stop because Tarantino's like, no, just let it go, let it go. And so Kurt Russell just picks it up. It's like, grr, grr, and everybody's face, like, holy shit. Like, no, that was, like, real. That was, a, yeah. like, a $10 million guitar that they yeah. just smashed oh to pieces. And then, and then after that, what I read is that is that they all felt really bad. Yeah. And so, and they didn't want Kurt to be the only one to, to suffer that payment. So, like, everybody pitched in and made that, made that. So he didn't have to take the full force because it wasn't his fault. He thought yeah. that the prop had been brought in, mm-hmm. so he goes over and destroys the oh shit out of it. My so like gosh. Quentin, Samuel Jackson, like all these, you know, um, what's his name, um, Channing Tatum, like all them people, they all threw in money together to replace that to the museum or whatever. Yeah, and Gibson's like, never again, yeah. Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Tarantino well, said, I'm buying insurance from now. Yeah, yeah that's it. Well, like, that's you know, Tom Cruise. That's cute, and. Uh, What's that guy's name, DiCaprio? That's mm. fine. Did you know that in Rumble in the Bronx... <laughs> oh, jeez. Jackie Chan is the fucking man. Yeah, his book, by the way, My Life in Action, it's a hell of an autobiography. It's when I first one. when I learned about this. It's the first time that I read that book. When he was filming Rumble in the Bronx, he jumps off of this bridge onto this boat. Yep. You can watch the film. He actually it's during the credits. It yep. shows it, it, during, it the yep. during the movie when he jumps off the boat, he actually lands and breaks his leg. You can see his like I think right around his ankle just breaks clean in half. Oh every Jackie God. Chan movie where that's very highly focused on stunts, you have to watch the credits. Oh yeah, to watch yeah. him do that shit, and it yeah. is like, yep. Like and oh, then yeah. and then the few times he does like. When he'll like jump through like you know we got we're sitting in these chairs right now that have the back and then if you're just sitting like in an old fold out chair, yep. he'll like dive his whole body through, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, through a chair, just yeah. to stunt after stunt and like he'll just met just put his body through shit all mm-hmm. the time. It's crazy. Well, when he he broke his leg on Rumble in the Bronx and to finish the movie because he had more stunts to do and he didn't want to finish the movie sitting down, they casted his ankle, his his shin and his foot. They pulled a sock over it, and they had the yep. uh, FX crew come in and paint a shoe yep. over, and he finished the movie. He continued yep. to do stuff. In, 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 in the credits, you can see that that shoe mm-hmm. with the, that painted on shoe. It's so in his ridiculous. book, I mean, his book was written, I would think I was in sixth grade when I read it. Up until that point, it has a list of every one of his injuries. He actually has a shunt in his skull from a, a stunt he did. I forget the movie now, but he was supposed to run, jump, kick off of a, a tree off the wall, and then spin around and land on a tree branch. So he was basically run, kick off the tree, kick off the wall, spin around and land sitting down on this tree branch. Didn't and that like, dude can still walk. Like, didn't he's, like, he's yeah, walk, he's yeah, healthy, yeah, yeah. he's with it, like it's nuts. He he did the stunt two or three times to prove he could do it. He got real comfortable, turned on the camera, bop, boop, bop. He went too hard, too much mustard. Mm-hmm. Went over the branch, fell down, hit his head. <laughs> he fell off the branch. He hit his head and busted his skull on a rock. And so they had to put a shunt in there to keep his unbelievable. Uh, yeah. from sw- oh my goodness. Yeah. But anyway, what were you saying yeah. about the Exorcist? Well, that was it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, here's one fact that I can't back up. Okay. But a lot of people claim that they had uh, PTSD after the movie. Uh-huh, I heard yeah. about that. This is from the audience, and one lady blames her miscarriage on watching it. Could see oh it. really? The, the stress. I well, well, I mean, back then you did not see anything like. Oh that. no, I love. There's the controversy about the subliminal uh, images. Just, dude, used. get on. Well, we don't like to say. Okay, we don't say their name. Oh, do you have? No. Do you have the spray? I don't. I do. no. Hold on, let me get the <laughs> sage spray. Like you're a sage spray. Uh, yeah, I do. Let me get it. That's fine. Do it. In the name of any demone. Oh yeah. 
Remember, we don't do that here. Yeah, I, I remember the last time we did this yeah. uh, at the first store, and I said one of their names, and you got out the stage yep. spray. Yeah, she's stage spray. You got to think in like '72, awesome. like in that scene where she's like, "Jesus, f me!" Like that language, all that combined was something that wasn't done before. Oh, and a lot oh, yeah. of the people in the audience well, were Catholics. When he was thinking about casting her, he he talked to her very. You know, gently about, well, do you know what this movie's about? And she's like, yeah, it's about this, this, and this. And that smells good. Like, yeah. How do you explain it, that to a 12 year old? Well, it, he said, do you know, do you know what that is? And he, he's like, she's like, well, yeah, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. she, she actually responded like wow. an adult would, like, oh, yeah, it's this. And she should not have known that. And he's like, well, well yeah, have you ever done that? And she's like, well, yeah, haven't you? And what? And it, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, this, this conversation kid, with This you. kid's a little more. Is your uh, mom and your daddy around? Okay. Yeah. That's a fact I didn't know about and really didn't want to talk about. I don't know about. But, that, but he was looking, he, he did not want a kid that was going to get freaked out by this. Yeah. But so, she had trauma after this movie. From but the he movie. thought, sure. he, he yeah, thought, yeah, okay, yeah. she's young, but she's old for her years. Uh-huh. She'll be okay. He was probably wrong about that. He was that. dead wrong. Yeah, he was, he was very worried about movie, that. So yeah, would, she was messed wild. up. Yeah. She talks about Because I've always wondered that. Like, I'm like, man, how did they get this little girl to film some of that stuff? Cause she I had a body double for some of it. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, they had the they had the uh, the whole, you know, body piece that they yeah. used. I mean, they... For that stomach part when the, yeah, when yeah. the demon's trying to... But the when but I mean the crucifix scene that's yeah. Linda Blair. That was her voice. They slowed it down. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's her doing like acting the acting it the, out. Yeah. The, so they didn't really hide that part it. from her. Ugh, I thought they were using a body double. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were we watching where uh, they hid it from that per uh, yeah Danny from The Shining. Stanley hid it from him that it was a horror movie. Very shielded him very, very, very Well, he was tightly. young. Isn't that yeah. crazy? All, all you got to do, honey, is just ride your little big wheel around this great yeah. big hotel. And then use your hand. Yeah. Red, red. Yeah. But and then, then the, just sit there. <laughs> but then the mom, uh, the actress. She was terrorized. Shelly Duvall. Oh, yeah, yeah she started, that. like, losing her hair. and. Well, like, they were doing that on purpose, so she would yeah. really. Yeah, she, they kept her in a constant state. Well, just like on The Exorcist, uh, they would fire off a gun to get people's screams to be more realistic to actually the director would to scare them to get real terror on the For faces. the exorcist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And they filmed the scenes where you could see their breath. They actually filmed that inside like a, a freezer. Oh, wow. So and they, they'd only be able to film a few minutes at a time because the studio lights would warm up the air and you'd start... <laughs> but, you know, like Movie the magic, only baby. wearing a nightgown is seen. She says to this day she still can't stand being cold. Oh, wow. Because she... Basically froze for That's days awesome. on end and filming yeah. these these scenes. Yeah, that movie is. Jeez. I have to say yeah. one of the most it, terrifying I mean, it, it, right, movies. Right. It is really. It is. It's extremely well done. Yeah, it's Max von Sydow. I mean, he plays a much older man in the movie, mm-hmm. and that you know, mm. some yes. makes me want to watch it now again. Well, we got right no, I'm here. Good. <laughs> right, I'm right. Good. You know, it's funny. My mom. <laughs> do you not watch it at all anymore? I've seen it. I see it. I've seen it. Three times in my life. And can you watch other movies that are about like possessions? No, yeah, or, no problem. And no, problem. no problem. It doesn't no. do anything. Yeah. To well, you. they're not even. So I mean, this thing stuff, messed me so. up because I think I was so young <laughs> and I'd never seen anything. No, like nobody that. did. So nobody what about the other ones, like the sequel, the prequel? Like, oh, no, I'm good. no. Yeah. I went to the movies and saw Exorcist Three, and I just laughed my butt off when yeah. that old lady was calling. Where's Mildred? She's falling <laughs> off the ceiling, possessed. I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, did you She's watch? 
Did you ever watch Hereditary? I did we not. We saw like, it, hated it. I thought it was lame. Oh, oh no! That yeah. whole there's other there's other people that are like that. I was talking to somebody. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I just, yeah. That kid this, with that. This lady was like, uh, she's like, oh, I saw two movies. It's on everybody's list, and they're both fucking terrible. And it's midsummer. Nothing to lose your head over. I haven't watched that yeah. one yet. That one's good. It's, it's very. Good. They're the same. They're they're very dry. They're very artsy. But what is that whole ending where everybody's in? Uh, but the thing is, hereditary. Don't spoil the ending. Yeah, hereditary. No, I haven't seen Midsummer. No, for, for hereditary. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Because yeah. it's uh, very, very, very important. Hereditary essentially is is unofficially billed as this. What would you say? Century, not not century. It's generation. Billed, thank you. It's it's billed as this generation's Exorcist. For what? Well, <laughs> we, we we can talk more about it after. Okay, because I don't understand. Yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it might give you more pers- like more appreciation for yeah. the movie. Yeah, 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 right, right. It's like an M Night Shyamalan movie that was never finished. Okay, those movies all <laughs> angered me with their endings. Yeah, they were good much. until the end. Um, I only liked right. uh, Signs and um, the Six first sense. one. Yeah. I love no, them all. I'm talking so about the ones <laughs> Village. Village. Oh, that made me mad. <laughs> I hated the Village in theaters, and I rewatched it like literally, probably <laughs> seven years I later. Loved I loved it. I did like. Did to you have... see the Visitors? No. Yeah. I did, did like the Visit. That? No, I haven't. I need the to. Visit messed me up, but in a good way. It was. Yeah. It was messed scary. me up in a good way. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't have nightmares, but I was like, oh, yeah. old people. See, the problem oh. with the Village is, is when the Village came out, I watched that in theaters. Uh, with someone we both know, mm-hmm. Brooks, where we saw them at the drive-in. That's oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, me and her were really pumped for that movie because we were like M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. And, and uh, he, watching the movie and when the twist comes about, I mean, yeah. this movie's old as shit, people watch movies for monsters. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, the monster turned out to not be fucking real. And I thought that was the best part is mm-hmm. that you are being tricked beyond belief. There was There was two twists in that movie. First twist, the monster not being real, and then the second twist where it's all where it's all fake, and like that to me, like. But weren't the monsters the people that were trying to live and keep their kids safe? We were the monsters. Yes, we were the monsters. Yes. Yeah. which I like. I mean, they better. let their well, daughter lose her sight over so. nothing. Right. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I like the monsters. Are, yeah, we yeah. were the monsters. Well, that's the problem with from <laughs> with all movies. Everything's either a Twilight. Everything's either an X Files episode, and then every X Files episode. Is an episode of Twilight Zone. <laughs> it's, it's true. true. It's all just given, given, given love to the. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but the, no, I'm going to tell you. To this day, this movie. My mom good. made me promise that. I mean, I remember several times promising her, swearing her, I'd never watch it because how bad it, I think, affected her too. Uh, and but then when finally, you, when I was I was married for several years, and then finally one day at work. Uh, we had a guy that I worked with who's British and he loves, you know, film and cinema and all that. And he's like, oh, you know, still to this day, the one movie that really got me is The Exorcist. And I said, I've never seen it. So he brings me like the special edition, you know, like like that one there. The said, version you've never seen. Yeah, the director's yeah. cut, unedited. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty fierce for, I mean, seeing it when I was like 32, maybe well, 30, 32. Better than seeing it at 12. Where <laughs> he's talked, she's. It, <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah. it's talking to the priest. Uh-huh. Then it's got his mom's voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. God. I mean, it was, yeah. it was good for knowing every twist and turn of that movie, for not watching it, and everybody's ruined it, and I've seen clips and in documentaries. It was still a very, very solid film. Oh, yeah. Even watching it as old as I was, it was still pretty, pretty terrifying. The so. best is, like, now that they've that? remastered, 
they re-released it. It was, you know, 5.0, mm-hmm. you know, digital Dolby, whatever. And I, when I was a kid, I had like one of the surround sounds that had like the satellite speakers. And I was watching that and I fell asleep and it was like super late at night. And I'm like snoring on the couch. And all of a sudden it's like where she's like, uh, and there's making all those weird demon noises. Oh, yeah. And then when it zooms in on her face it's like getting blacker and then like her it's like super white and she's like veining out, out yeah. getting veiny I woke up like 2 o'clock in the morning oh, and that's were... the face that I saw and it's like you could hear like and I'm like ah! and I had like a miniature heart attack <laughs> and I was like oh no it's just a movie but then I couldn't go back to sleep because I was like yeah because she haunts you doesn't yeah. she yeah. that face <laughs> she does that face it haunts you anybody have any other cursed movie productions um, yeah couple. go for yours you got one uh, I got one so well, I got two, I guess. Um, Maybe three. See, so Rosemary's Baby, classic movie about a woman that gets impregnated uh, by the devil, Satanus, whatever you want to call it. Um, so during the filming of Rosemary's Baby, lead actress Mia Farrow received her divorce papers from Frank Sinatra. Oh. Uh, a few months after, director Roman Polanski lost his wife Sharon Tate when she was murdered by the followers of Charles Manson. Wow. So I've never seen Rosemary's Baby. I need to. Nope. Yeah, it's pretty it's good. It's a strange one. It's yeah, good. It's I think it's on slower. Shutter. Yeah. Speaking of Shutter, definitely classic. It's not sponsored by Shutter, but you know if they wanted to, and boys. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, there is. There's three. That's right. Uh, so, have you guys ever heard of the movie A Took? Mm. A T U K. Wait, is that about yeah. the little shaman Indian? Uh-uh. No, you're thinking <gasps> that's of, uh, Manitou. Uh, no, A Took oh, yeah. was a movie that. Uh, what John Belushi was, was supposedly going yeah, to star in. So check us out. Is a movie so cursed that it never got made? Yeah. It was supposed to be a movie about an Eskimo in New York and had four different men attached to play the lead while in development hell. Now, an Eskimo in New York. Like, sounds so stupid. So how in the hell did you get the cast of John Belushi, 80s. Sam Kinison, 80s. John Candy, and 80s. Chris Farley? Oh, 80s. 80s. Like, that's incredible. Well, maybe 90s. Was, yeah. was it a horror movie? I don't think so. No, no. Okay. A killer Eskimo. Like <laughs> Chris Farley is a <laughs> killer <laughs> Eskimo. What's the Sam Kinison yeah. ruined his career by walking away. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he ruined, not, not his, he ruined his cinema career by being absolutely difficult on, you know, when he was attached to, I think he was attached to this film when he walked away yeah. from it. And it said, and then it said all Ford shortly died after entering the negotiations to be in the film. Well, that's so, a curse. Yeah. For real. It's really weird. So, uh, one of my favorite Wait, movies. Wait, did Sam Kinison, did he play the mom on the Goonies? <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. He's, fun. He's funny as shit, though. Yeah. Um, it was. <laughs> yeah. Or Mama for Mom on the Train. It's kids. Sultry. Kids suck. Get me a day. You boys like tongue? All we serve here is tongue. All right. So, um, I love The Exorcist. And in 2005, I had just, it was the la- uh, year after I graduated, we went to the theater because I saw uh, a movie that had, I saw the trailer for it, and it was like, it was an exorcism, it was an exorcism movie, and I was like, oh, cool, I like, I like exorcism stuff. Uh, but I'm also a real big fan of courtroom dramas, like courtroom movies, too. And when you can when you can put two one and one of the same, I'm like that sounds pretty tight. But I really wanted to go because I saw the trailer and and uh, the the woman in the movie Jennifer Carpenter, um, she was, plays Deborah Morgan on Dexter, his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had been watching Dexter at the time, and I knew that so they were Hollywood crush. Uh, Wait, I know. Well, I at the time, like at the yeah. time during the show, her her character hadn't evolved to the badass that she became. 
but I knew that like her and uh, the Michael C. Hall, the one that plays Dexter, they were in a, in a relationship at that point. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll go check this movie out because I was like, I want to see what she can do in a horror movie. Um, and I love the movie. She has an amazing scream in that movie. Have you seen this movie at all? Exorcism of Emily Rose? Yes. Yeah. So, I was waiting for you to say yeah. the title. Yeah. Oh, the I, scream I, in shit, it? I hadn't seen that yet. I hadn't seen the title. I apologize to the listeners. <laughs> uh, oh, dude. So, so, yeah. so Exorcism of Emily. game of charades ever. Yeah, Exorcism of Emily Rose came out in 2005. It is a phenomenal movie, uh, and it shows, like, the the breakdown Mm-hmm. Of a person being possessed by it gave not me one, the... not two, not three, not four, not five, but six different demons named demons, and I won't say. Don't say it because I, 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 I almost this, said it. I got named that exorcism with five demons. I can tell you the name, but I won't. Five good sprays uh, left in that bottle. <laughs> so and, and then and then it shows like you know the same type of thing. The priest comes in, the helpers, mm-hmm. how the family reacts to it. She's in college in that movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In a dorm room. And so yeah. It becomes, it, it's yeah. like searching. See, I, it, this is yeah. a joke I have about She's She's a, you know, good old country Catholic. girl. Catholic. Right. Uh, no, yeah. she's Catholic. It's a Catholic girl. Oh, she's it's a Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. In yes. real life, she uh, she was a, a German girl named Annalise yeah. or something, um, which uh, they in Germany, she wasn't, they weren't Catholic. They were like Presbyterian or like Lutheran or whatever. But the family brought in a Catholic priest to do the exorcism. Yeah. And, and that was part of the problem with, because uh, in, in the movie, is she Catholic or did they bring in a Catholic priest because no, the Christian wouldn't no, no, do no, she's Catholic. She's okay. Catholic and okay, she's okay, in a school remember. dorm yeah. for girls yeah. only. Yeah, that's right, for girls only. And then she starts every every night of time, all that stuff like it that. It tries to, like, rape her. I mean, it's yeah. just it's awful. Pretty, it's pretty brutal. But it does have drama, courtroom stuff. Uh-huh. But it's cool because I appreciate that. Because when you watch The Exorcist, like you were saying, like it has this, it has, you know, her sitting there, blah, 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 blah. Reagan's sitting there going through all this shit. Uh, the priest comes in, the priest's helper, all this stuff. Like but, like, what happens to the priest after that? Like, how are you going to dis- explain to people what you just saw? And if, unfortunately, something did happen. Well, they do show the, you know? they do show you what happened to him later. Yeah, but, 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 but what I'm saying, though, is that on this one, they show, like, the courtroom's aspect of, like, how the public would perceive you. Like, did you just feed along with this girl's mental illness? Mm-hmm. Or was she really possessed by that? Oh, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Like, I forgot about that part. They play the tapes in the courtroom, and... That's my biggest thing about an exorcism is like, okay, I believe in him, but let me see some fucking video, dude. But didn't you like the perspective audio. at the end of the movie? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was, I don't want to ruin yeah. it because yeah. someone. It's kind of like the film it. Audrey Rose with uh, so Anthony good. Hopkins. That was so oh, yeah. It's a great movie. It's going along it. great. Then all of a sudden, uh, they go to the courtroom drama. Yeah. Because uh, Audrey Rose is about this doctor who basically loses his daughter and an, and wife in an accident. And the child burns in the car, basically. Wow. Wow. Um, and this this young girl is basically the reincarnation of his daughter. And she oh. keeps bleeding. And she keeps the bleeding. Memories. She wakes up screaming because she's dying. In and her she's dream. burning. Oh. Her she's hands burning yeah. on a cold window. Oh, wow. It's so, so good. it almost becomes a custody battle. Uh-huh. You know, and the whole courtroom thing just huh. grinds to a halt. Oh, that's guess, a great thing. There's a, a documentary on Netflix uh, where. Um, like the producer or I think even the director of The Exorcist went over to Italy and started investigating like real exorcisms and he's filming this case of, of a lady who um, has been possessed for like 20-30 years 
and they're actually in um, her home filming it where a priest comes in and it's like actually putting the holy water on her and you can hear her talk and she does like literally like the uh, what they call like the throat singing like in Tibet where her you can hear her voice split and it's just really weird because you see like you can even see where her throat widens up and like physically changes and allows her voice to deepen and then they're like bring on a doctor and he's like hey the fucking Tibetans have been doing it for 20 years it's just throat singing I'm like no her throat got bigger like that's physically what's changing for 30 years that priest is not doing his job it was like I guess it was like it was like it was so attached to her and then like that just scares me like the actual victim herself didn't want to let the demon go so it was like two things were like working but her family's like no you got to get get rid of it and so you're tired of you peeing the bed vomiting green shit everywhere the demon's got to go and so they would have to go back like every every three months every four months because it would like wipe her out and so it's like a I don't know. Like a monthly I can't ritual. believe it didn't Sounds kill like a night her. after Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with that, she did an interview. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter did an interview with Dread Central. Mm-hmm. Asked some questions. The the question the interviewer says uh, a common question when making a film like this: Did anything weird happen during filming? She says, "I thought about that when it happened, and two or three times when I was going to sleep, my radio came on by itself." The only time it scared me was one, was once because it was really loud and it was Pearl Jam's Alive. <laughs> Laura's TV came on uh, a couple times as well. And they say at 3 a.m.? She says, mine wasn't at 3 a.m. I was born at 3 a.m., though, but it, but it hasn't happened to me. I did check the clock when it when it did come on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because in that movie, the radio comes on. At 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. Yeah. when she's in her dorm room and whatnot. And, and then eventually back at her house when she goes back to stay with her parents. And, and with uh, the lawyer, Laura yeah. Finley, in the, in the movie, her yeah. uh, alarm clock goes off at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and she sees the shadow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a song uh, about that that Matchbox 20 wrote? <laughs> Called 3 a.m. 3 a.m. <laughs> it's one of my favorite karaoke songs. You guys, here's another fun fact. Wait <laughs> <laughs> no, right. on us. We're ready. They say, I can't back this up. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were going to do another Matchbox 20. No, no. Uh, this uh, is a fact <laughs> about waking up at 3 a.m. Yeah. When you wake up it's for raining. no reason, uh-huh. abruptly, yeah. at 3 a.m., it's because a ghost has been staring at you. Really? They yeah. just say that. Huh. It's a wives' tale. Mine is because i got to pee because I'm diabetic. God, then I'd be a poor. Or is it ghost urine? <laughs> Maybe you're waking up to pee because something's been staring at you. Yeah, true. I'll just pee on the ghost. That's cool. <laughs> Gross. People pay for that. Ghosts don't. Yeah. <laughs> With ghosts, yeah. That's why they're so angry. Oh, <laughs> they're staring <true>. at you. <laughs> well, the last episode we talked about not peeing on Duende, so. Yeah. Oh, it freaked me out. Well, somebody is walking. Okay, I was somebody like, somebody walked by. Where? Uh, that way, George. You know what really scared me? Better get that sage ready. Remember when she's in the hospital (laughs) in these light, these two like eyes, big eyes are outside the window. Like Mm -hmm. Greg Gatsby? No, on that Emily Rose. (laughs) She's on like the third floor, the fifth floor, and then there's these, and I'm like, oh my God. Well, you remember Amityville Horror? They talked about the pig, the pig's face that would show up on the second floor outside the daughter's room, too. The red glowing eyes. Oh, babe. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's Gordy. Or in my case, brown glowing eyes because I can't see red. (laughs) (laughs) Made that joke last year, and I still stand by it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, well, the last one I wanted to talk about here, um, Stephen, you mentioned earlier with Rosemary's Baby and then Roman Polanski lost his wife Sharon Tate to the murders from the Charles Manson family. 
I don't know if any of you have heard about this director. John, you may have. Al Adamson. Are you familiar with him? Name doesn't ring a bell. Okay, there's a documentary about him. There's a movie about him. He directed movies like such classics as Psycho A Go Go, Blood of Ghastly Horror, Blood of Dracula's Castle, Satan's Sadists, Hell's Bloody Devils, The Female Bunch, Cinderella 2000, Girls for Rent, Brain of Blood, and so many other B-movies and Hammer classics. Oh, the classics. The classics. You know, <laughs> Girls for Rent. Yeah. Um, so the reason I brought this up is many of Al Adamson's films were actually shot on Spawn Ranch, which is where the infamous Manson family were living. So he would just borrow the ranch to film movies because it's wow. very picture, yeah, very picturesque, all things considered. When Charles Manson and his merry band were arrested in connection to the Sharon Tate murder, Regina Carroll hysterically called up producer Sam Sherman and said, "They arrested that guy Manson. He actually was working on our car while we were shooting." Sherman decided to exploit the connection and the ad campaign for the movie from Al. Uh, Al Adamson's Satan's Sadists read, Hippie Psychos on a Mad Murder Spree filmed on the actual locations where the Tate murder suspects lived their wild experiences. So Al Adamson was murdered. That's what we're, yeah, that's wow. what we're getting to here, guys. Whoa. On July 26, 1995, director Al Adamson's brother had contacted the police after the director had gone missing for five weeks. After examining the construction work at his house, police took up the flooring in a separate room that once housed the jacuzzi and unearthed the body wrapped in linens. Investigators said the jacuzzi had been dismantled and the body had been buried inside a deep hole filled with dirt and concrete and that a new tile floor was over the grave. Acting on several anonymous telephone tips, police, late Monday, arrested an independent contractor who'd been living in Adamson's house while the remodeling job was going on. Fred Fulford, a 46-year-old, was taken into custody in St. Petersburg, Florida, in a hotel room. Police said that Fulford traveled to Florida about a week before Adamson's reported missing. Detectives have yet to, uh, blah, blah, blah. Police said that Adamson hired Fulford several months ago to complete a renovation of his two-story home located in the middle of an orange grove. They said it was pretty remote and there weren't too many neighbors with an earshot. Adamson reportedly lived in a part-time uh, reportedly lived part-time in the home, choosing to divide his time between there and several other addresses in Las Vegas, Texas, and abroad. At the time that Al Adamson, who was 66, had hired the contractor, Mr. Fulford, um, he was going to be refurbishing the director's home during the reconstruction. Fulford was invited to live in Adamson's home. He'd begun stealing from Adamson immediately. Eventually, Adamson caught the thievery and confronted Fulford about it. Unfortunately, the contractor had plenty of construction tools at hand with which to respond. In a rage, Fulford fatally bludgeoned Adamson. The world lost a filmmaker who in 1970 alone gave us five bloody graves, Hell's Bloody Devils, and the horror of the blood monsters. Fulford then tore out an indoor jacuzzi in Adam's home, dumped the director's body in the hole, and filled it with four tons of cement, and then retiled over the evidence. Wow. However, Al's brother had told police that he found it suspicious that Al would have had Mr. Fulford move the jacuzzi because that was one of his most prized and used possessions. 
So the rumor has it that Full Forward may have taken inspiration from a movie script sent by Adamson for the contractor to read. During the weeks following the murder, no one saw Adamson, but some said they were sure they saw him in public. Somebody was forging the director's checks, running his credit cards, and even wearing his clothing. God. Not surprisingly, though, the phony Al Adamson was just Fred Fulfort wearing the director's clothes, writing his checks. Um, police had originally interrogated Fulfort, and he denied any foul play. And instead, he insisted he thought Adamson had just taken a trip, something that he regularly did. He did, however, admit to raiding the dead employer's checkbook, saying, It was wrong. I should not have done that. After police left, Fulford took off to Florida in a Toyota truck that belonged to Al Adamson, <laughs> where he was caught and found guilty of murdering Adamson. What a loser. He, what a, yeah. he had balls. He did. Oh. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a movie on uh, Amazon, and it... I thought you were going to say Shudder. <laughs> no. Brought to you by. Brought to you by. No, it was on, uh, it was on Prime, and I was going to watch it the other night. It finally t- went off of Prime. I didn't want to rent it for two bucks, and then I thought, well, you know what? I'll just look up the details. And Yeah, I forgot all about it until you talked about the Sharon Tate murder. I was like, holy shit, that yeah. guy's related. So. It's wild. Yep. That land they did have, though, that the Manson family lived on was tight. And it was, was very like, perfect, for, perfect for movie sets. Mm-hmm. For sure. You should go watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So you get to the I end. want to. I love, oh, the reason, the I love Quentin, I man, but I, I couldn't do that movie. The reason why I'm not going to watch it is pure and simple. He originally branded that movie as a Charles Manson film. He said, I'm making a movie about Charles Manson and the, Man- the Manson murders, and then come to find out it's rarely at all to do with that actual yeah. thing. So that kind of pissed me off that you're going to write those shitty coattails to... So yeah, maybe. and it did spoil it for me because it would have been, it would have been, if he wouldn't have labeled that, if it would have just been around that era. Yeah. Because the dialogue in that movie and Brad Pitt's performance and Leonardo DiCaprio's performance is amazing, mm-hmm. and the little girl. But like, I don't know. I'm, to me, it's just, I don't know. Just it didn't. I love his movies though. Yeah. But it didn't didn't resonate with me. I mean, the last the last five minutes that the, the dialogue with Leonardo DiCaprio about the flamethrower and the hippies. Yeah. The gold. Yeah, solid go. I might watch it one day. And I mean, and to Quentin's degree, like it is a movie about the Manson murders, just that it's an alternative history type thing. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, he built it as basically like here's a movie about the murderers, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be all about Mm -hmm. him. And I'm just some morbid little ghoul. That's what I wanted. Instead, you get Brad Pitt beating up on Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. What threw him right into a car. If if you if they you scroll through Facebook through. videos long enough, you see all the good scenes. You'll find from the movie. it. So. You'll find it. Yeah. True that. True that. Yeah. Well, guys, we've been going on now for about an hour and forty five minutes. So unless anybody else has any more fun facts, we yeah. can probably cut yeah. it. So cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having us yeah. again. Thank you. We need to do it more sure. often now that things are subsiding. And then before we cut out, we normally plug CD Trade Post. But do you have something you want to talk about? Yes. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate this. Okay, Always. we have something new here at Trade Post called the All Access Plus. Okay. Right. Now, what it is, if you're a member, we give you an option of paying a $10 reoccurring fee every month. You can check out any item used, mm-hmm. take it home, watch it, play it, whatever. Try it before you buy it. Try it before you buy it. If you love it and you want to buy it, you get an automatic 10% discount. 
Oh, nice. Or Sweet. you could just return it and move on to the next item. Yeah, no harm, no foul. If you've ever had a game you wanted to try, and you're like, I don't want to spend 10 bucks to try this game. What if I hate it? Yeah. yeah. Or yep. like a new game comes out, we get a used copy. You can totally And they get all, the, all the new titles of movies. Yeah, yeah. movies... You have access to all the movies, movies. games, CDs. Mm -hmm. Does that work on like your SNES games up there? Yes. Anything Sweet. used, man. Anything used, you can do it. That's outstanding. And you if you want to play Goonies too, yeah. NES. <laughs> I see Adam's family up there on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, we have a Fester's on NES. Fester's Quest. Fester's <laughs> Quest. I've been playing it on the NES TV. Mortal Kombat 2. Lots of classics, And see, man. now that we have another gun that just came in, we can play Duck Hunt again. Oh. Nice. Those are games that we bought and have here to show but people that the, TV works. That it works. Yeah. <laughs> but if you miss, like, Blockbuster video where you could go rant movies. Yeah. yeah. If you miss the old rental aspect, this is kind of bringing the rental aspect but in. But without late fees. I mean, say you get a game. Mm -hmm. You want to play it. You keep it. As Until long as you, you keep it. your membership, your $10 yeah, yeah, yeah. monthly fee up, you keep it as long as you want. That's cool. Oh, wow. That's and then is there is it, is it a discount when you come in here and buy anything, too? Yeah, you get 10%. And then they have special deals that only the A plus. Oh, cool. Because you have to be an all-access member, which is a $5 lifetime. Yeah, lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. One-time one, one one buy-in. Yeah. And you get, you get store credit on everything you buy. Yeah. You can use that store credit. And then also you get extra savings and you get special deals. Well, damn. Pretty cool. For being a... Yeah, and then after six months, you get a ten dollar credit. That sounds awesome. So it's like you're getting a free month. Buy five months, yeah, you get the six month free. Yeah, there you go. Now, this is something we've rolled out at all of our stores. Yeah, now we started at this store as just to see, and some people have really loved it. Yeah, oh, I mean, I would too. Yeah, but you can go to all of our stores and check out items or check in your item and check out an item there. Oh. I mean, it's we're all connected. Yeah. And we can do curbside pickup if you're not, you yeah. know, you can look online, see what you want. If you don't feel comfortable coming in. Mm -hmm. Cool. You know, we tried it. We're very clean. We do the social distance. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We wear the mask. We're trying very hard to. And on the locations you see, you have one in Salina, one yep. in Omaha, Council Bluffs, uh, Iowa, Iowa. Three in Wichita. Yeah. yeah. Council Bluffs, Iowa. Three right. and then three in Wichita, mm -hmm. and so the one that we're recording at now is at ten ten West Pawnee and Seneca. It's kind of like it's kind of on the corner of Pawnee and Seneca. It's around by the uh, what is this place? The cash check place. What is this place called? The Speedy Look Cash. Or Speedy Cash. Speedy Cash. Yeah. Computer Liberty Details. Tabs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're in like that. that strip mall facing Pawnee next to Liberty right across tabs. from McDonald's. Yeah. Right yeah. across from McDonald's. Yeah. They've basically just moved to the opposite corner. Yeah, big, bigger space. Way Much big, bigger. Way bigger space. Better for podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and we do live bands when there wasn't COVID. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I was going to say the band, the bands thing would be cool if you ever got like a, um, excuse me, like a, um, where we could have more people, like a game tournament. There would be. Well, we did we, do a game. A couple, yeah. We had yeah. a Super Smash tournament. That's right. And yeah, Tekken cool. wow. prior to COVID. Are you guys yeah. still doing the Switch giveaway thing? Oh, yeah. If you join yeah. A Plus 
Plus, mm -hmm. you actually are thrown in for a brand new Switch. Yeah. Version 2 with the extended battery life and no drift. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no stick drift. drift. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's on the on the right. color Joy-Cons. Yeah, up right there. <laughs> yeah, and that's everyone who's ever joined is put into this They're raffle. Cool. Yeah. So if any of our new members who've mm -hmm. already joined, don't worry, you're already enrolled. And we dropped off some um, special surprise to listeners. If you come into the Pawnee and Seneca store, see Trey Post in Wichita, and you uh, buy something, just go to one of the employees and say, hey. I listen to Pixelated Paranormal, and you'll get a special prize with your purchase. Are we not telling you what the prize is? I, I guess. We it's, can. A surprise. Surprise. <laughs> it's a surprise. It's a secret. You have to come yeah. in to see yeah, what it is. we can. Okay. It's a, One million it's dollars. Awesome. No. It's, no. No. It's not. <laughs> it's, a, it's an awesome top-of-the-line vinyl decal sticker, uh, weatherproofed, all that stuff. Put them on your car, your game system, whatever you want to put it on. Uh, nice. It's pretty awesome, and it's, yeah. and it's of the logo that Sean designed. So. Yep, it's our brand new logo <laughs> sticker. It's pretty awesome. So if you want one of them, come on up here, buy a little, buy a little something, support the local business. Get a horror movie. There's tons of great horror movies. Yes. I'm looking oh, at The Exorcist the time, yeah. and Poltergeist right now. Yeah. I've got Day of the yeah. Dead on my picks. Ooh, yes, Ooh. yeah, that's All my right. favorite thing about Sea Trippers. You know that. I love the staff picks. The staff picks. Oh, I know. It's my favorite yeah. thing because you know, it, it. I love, I love like people watching people's different different tastes. In fact, what they're there, like. There yeah. was a movie that I found one time that I'd never seen before, and I got it on. It wasn't Bigfoot the Lost Tapes, was it? <laughs> no, uh, it was a bit. It was a CD, CD trade post before they moved. As um, Harry and Rock when they were in the old location. Around the corner, around the corner. Like, you guys like to change corners. Well, we didn't want to do this. <laughs> last one was not know, really our I know, choice. I know. <laughs> but uh, when it was in that corner, and and I walked in there one day, and it was before I worked there briefly, and this guy was there, and he had, like, all these obscure movies, and I can't remember what it was, but I remember seeing it and be like, what is this? And then I noticed that was his name, and then he sold me that. He sold me on that movie. So oh. that's why it's important to have the staff pick shelves, because you can see, like... Mm -hmm. Then if you look at a name tag, oh, shit, that's Leslie working. Let me ask her why she likes this movie. And you strike mm -hmm. up a conversation that way. Well, cool. That's the longest and best plug we've done for CD Trade. Oh. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think you realize Oh, and so they put our sticker on the, on the window over here. Oh, yeah, on the door. Yeah. On car, oh, yeah. It's, and on my car. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you, yeah, you put right one on your car before I put one on my car. I know. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, right. If you know what I do, <laughs> I stand behind my car and I point at it. There you yep. go. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up, guys. Um, please check out our Instagram, PXLPARA. Check out our Facebook page. Steve, what else? That uh, was your part. <laughs> yeah, that was my part. But, yeah, check check out Trade Posts. Come, come down here and, and hit them up and get some stuff and um, get your free sticker when you buy something. It's pretty tight. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Pixelated Sausage and Amazingly Baca. Attack the Backlog, 13 Nightmares. Uh, and then, Preston, what do you got? Need a beard, want a beard? One of the best damn beard possible. Holler at your boy, Big Dobbs, and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And when you get done going to BigDobbsBeardBomb.com, you need your hair fluffed up, go over to www.CutsByColin.com <laughs> and uh, tell them that the boys from Pixelated Paranormal sent you and ask for the razzle-dazzle. Look your best, smell your best, be your best. 
live your hashtag best life. Damn right. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah. And then check it out my uh, check out our friends down at Fast Print on Harry and Rock for any of your printing needs. And with that, we say cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.